tied for the most terrifying day of my life. Tied with what? Every other freaking day of my life. <laughs> How are you doing, you wonderful nerds? Scott here, and it is day seven. We have made it a full week uh, on the Month of Monsters podcast, uh, where I am watching Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed every single day for an entire month for reasons I haven't figured out yet. But (laughs) it's been a fun experience, and I have two of my favorite human beings that exist on planet Earth currently. Yeah, um, currently. Right here. <laughs> currently. We're, we're thinking uh, of vacating, given the current standing of things. Yeah, rent's <laughs> getting expensive. <laughs> I hear the moon or Mars pretty good, pretty open. Better leadership. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a political I podcast? Like it. It, you know, it took Free two episodes. It took two episodes. The second episode is literally called Capitalism Was the Villain All Along or something oh, like nice. that. Oh, nice. So, nice. It didn't take long at all. But anyway, let me introduce you guys. This is Rod. Well, actually, you have a... F- you, I'll let you introduce yourself because you guys have a thing that you do. Oh, okay. I'm Rod. And I'm Vince. We're self-deprecating romantic pop rock duo RKVC. We're band. We're songwriters. We suck at everything else. That's it. Except <laughs> reviewing Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> I, I love so, I, I didn't I saw the uh, artwork you had like the first day and I was like yes that's the Scott I know and love <laughs> I, the, the way the way the podcast thank you I <laughs> was really debating having the having under the podcast be parentheses and it just would say something like kill me <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh, oh man no but I appreciate it thank you and uh yeah I I've been having fun you were just telling me off mic that you've never seen this movie yeah I was that both of you or just you Rod I'm pretty sure I've haven't seen it either yeah I, I hadn't seen it so like we this I, people who follow us on Twitter know that like we watched the first one last night and then watched the second one today and I know it's completely unnecessary but like I, I won't speak for Vince but for me like I'm that OCD that I need that like narrative completion like where do okay. these characters come from? So like I well, thought I had gotten like the plot um, mixed up between the first and second one. So I thought that I had I, I spread the plot over both movies, but it was actually yes. just the first one. So I hadn't seen the second one. Jeez. Uh-huh. And so now I have to ask you, what do you think it's still necessary to watch both of them? How much were you <laughs> missing from the first one that you needed in, to understand it for the second? I, for me, for most people. I don't think anybody would have had to have watched it because it seems to just continue off the Scooby Doo universe or what. I don't even know if that's a thing, but like yeah, the, it, the Doo universe, you got it. The Doo universe, <laughs> the the Scoob, the Scooby universe, you, the Scooby you, the Scooby U. That's good. But for me, I I needed it because I think partially because I had enough memory of the the previous like the live action movies that I would have gotten like things confused. Yeah. Like, uh, like all the uh, jokes where they they always allude to uh, Scooby and uh, Shaggy being potheads, but then it just cuts to food. It's always yeah, the same reference to food is like, could it be that they're also potheads? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> so he, they were way too active. I, I, I just figured out like, okay, weed is sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was, well, I was gathering from this. Like, Shaggy has too much motivation. <laughs> to, to yeah. Be a stoner, okay. Right? So. For for the audience, for full disclosure, I I've never smoked the weeds. Um, yeah. 
as you can tell by the way I phrased that. But yeah. I feel like Shaggy would, if if he was a stoner of some kind, I feel like he'd be way more chill than he is. Like he's constantly like a, he's afraid of everything and scared of everything. Yeah, he's like I don't know. on edge. Yeah, I've heard I, that sometimes it gives people like paranoia or something, but I but, don't know. But not, right. but not to the point where you would keep doing it you'd be like that all the time you know well it must not be an indica it must be like a sativa <laughs> which is like the let's really dive into right. the exact uh, yeah i i, I think incredible. specifically matthew lillard's depiction of him because i think like characteristically he looks just like him he acts like he is a voice i remember and everything yeah. but like i remember this the shaggy from the cartoon being a little bit more chill until the ghosts start chasing him right that's interesting so i I remember he, Matthew Lillard did like some sort of interview years ago um, where somebody asked him about if Shaggy is a stoner. And mm. I think Matthew Lillard was like kind of not, not annoyed because I'm sure he's a great guy, mm. but like he would, he just didn't like that interpretation in like, cause he voices Shaggy in the cartoons nowadays. Oh. Like he, he's, he's transcended. The live action role, <laughs> and now reverse. he is the yeah he's just the voice <laughs> of Shaggy now in all the Where's cartoons. The bar on that one, yeah, and I think he, uh, I think for the live action movies, it's very clear that that's the intention, right? Mm-hmm. But I think for the cartoons, he's very much like no, that's we had our own thing in the live action stuff, but now that I'm doing cartoon stuff, that's not what it actually is, uh, which is. It's 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 kind of interesting to see the kind of uh, differences between his the same actor's interpretation of the same character, but on two different places. Well, it's very yeah, interesting. Two, two different formats. I think it, I don't yeah. think it was until I was like older that I ever like thought that maybe Scooby and Shaggy were stoners. But as a kid, I just saw him as a hippie. And I, I think I think that might be a closer, at least from my memory. Yes, like that is. Of, Shaggy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was what they had in mind um, when they were first designing the character. Because I, I also remember uh, an interview with uh, Casey Kasem, who was the original oh, voice yeah, of, right. of Shaggy, and he talked about how he was kind of um, apprehensive to like join in on the role because they were looking for a hippie character, and he was like, "I don't think I'd be a good actor for a hippie character." <laughs> Uh, but then he crushed it and continued to crush it for decades uh, yeah, until right. uh, until sadly he passed and then Matthew Lillard took over. But I think that was a good it's great uh, passing the torch. It really is, yeah. To to continue. It was Matthew funny. Lillard's I had career. completely forgotten that Shaggy was vegetarian until the first five minutes of the first movie, and then all of a sudden, like flashbacks of your video, actually, the Nerd Sync video. Yeah, about being a vegetarian all came back because even Isla Fisher, who I also forgot was in the Scooby Doo <laughs> movies, yeah, like was also vegetarian. Uh, That's true. And Scooby snacks are vegetarian, apparently. And I don't know how that works with dogs, though. You is, know, is I, such a thing I as a vegetarian so dog snack. Yeah, that doesn't that seem like it would be great for dogs. <laughs> I when I, while we were watching, we watched the first movie too. And while we were watching the first one, I thought it was the second one because of Scrappy Doo. And then turning on the second one, Seth Green is in the second one. I thought Seth Green was the voice of Scrappy-Doo in the first one. I never really confirmed whether that was true or not. No, I think it was just like the original voice actor for Scrappy-Doo was was Scrappy-Doo. But we can look that up. We can Google (laughs) it. We have the power of the internet. Right. 
I, you know, um, but so full disclosure to like everybody mm-hmm. listening, like Vince and I just watched the second movie like ten minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> it is fresh in your mind, and I appreciate that. I want to. I, I just want to stress as we were talking about Isla Fisher being in the first movie, um, like. I've said this so much on this podcast already. It's day seven and I'm going to repeat myself for like almost pretty much a seventh day in a row. So apologies audience, but this is a new angle that I'm approaching it from. I've always had this idea that the first movie is a better second movie than the second movie is (laughs) like, because this is something I haven't talked about on the podcast yet, but Shaggy and Velma had additional kind of like romance interests and that's feels weird in like the very first movie when you're trying to introduce these characters. I feel like you would save, you would add in characters later in a sequel to, yeah, well, to add in the drama kind of like that. That was actually the first thing I said out loud when the second movie started. I was like, what about Velma's other dude that she ended up with at the end of the first movie? Mm-hmm. Like, I know things happen between time periods, which was very unclear. <laughs> like yeah, what man. time frame, what, but like, I don't know, like, it, they didn't, they, like, left it, like, that was the prize she got. She got the guy at the end of the first movie. Yeah. And then, who was he? The For me, the second movie was so much more deep. Uh, the depth they dove into yes. their backgrounds and, like, knowing, knowing about, like, I don't know if it was like that in the cartoon, but seeing them as high school friends and then, like... So- them becoming a gang, seeing yeah. their old the old mystery club or whatever mystery yeah. club. Yeah, I, I do think the second movie was better, and in that sense, maybe it was a better second movie. Like everything was scaled up. It yeah. was done better. And, yeah. But like, um, but yeah, the, I, there were so many things that like the first movie. I guess I had assumed like they're thirty year olds playing uh, teenagers, <laughs> but then the second movie it was like, no, they're adults, mm-hmm. and they were teenagers. Yeah. It's you know, so you guys inspired me to watch the first movie again <laughs> yesterday um, because you said you were doing it. And like, and, and I don't know how teenage magazines work, but like in the beginning of the first movie, Fred was on the cover of like teen heartthrob magazine or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, is he supposed to be a teenager or is that just supposed to be like him on a magazine for teenagers, you know? So sure. I don't so know, but these movies yeah. took place in the early two thousands, I think, right? Like 2002, 2004 or something like that. They had to have. So like, cause I remember specifically in college, both of them coming out. So yeah. that was like my era in college. So one well, thing yeah, I'll say well, about so that, that, that's when they, that's when they came out, but then there's, uh-huh. there's like a debate about what time period they take place in oh, regardless gotcha. of when it was released. But I, that first one I, was super nineties. So I, yeah, I think that they have to be around that kind of area anyway. So like to like, so a bit of context of that time period, like, cause I, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, I have a degree in music and when I was in college, one of my internships, <laughs> just, I love that you just like casually throw that out there. It's anyone well, who doesn't know. I have a degree. In music. Yeah, yeah. Well, no this is why, deal. well, this yeah. is why though. Cause like for one of my internships, I actually had to be backstage for a few shows of a, a, a like a kid's group called jump five. I don't know if anybody remembers that. They were all over Disney Radio, and like it was kind of like a, I don't know, like a really, really young One Direction, but like uh, co-ed, you know. And they were basically more dancers and singers, but they did both, you know. Uh, but they looked ten, right? With yeah. but when but they were actually in college at the time. Uh, so yeah. all that to say that Fred being on the cover of Teen Beat at that time period could have very well been like a college age kid that the. the you know, being played down as like a younger yeah, kid. Right. So that 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 was all that whole they setup was just like, 
Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really well, glad so there... to see. Go ahead, Scott. No, no, no. You, you go for it. I was gonna say I'm really glad to see like the growth that Fred had over movies, like the first one being in the, the front of a magazine, and the second one handing out uh, personalized ascots to each girl. <laughs> I mean, he's, That's his, right. It's just like really cool. I don't know. I love I love how proud of his ascot that he was every Definitely. single like every movie. It like because even the first one opened with like him. Um, when he was signing those magazines, he like commented on another guy's ascot who was like dressed <laughs> like him. He was like, "Nice oh, ascot." Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, I looked down the second movie. They uh, dove into every each person's like fan group. Yes. Like, <laughs> they were just, like Velma had like her like geeky squad stuff. I mean, it's like super not PC for 2018, but <laughs> but you know, like what 15 years ago? Yeah. Like that made complete sense. Also, did so you rewatched the first movie. The, the, I loved how the very first, like, ten seconds into the first movie was, like, sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah, Which, the, this move, these movies, I, I can't understand who they're for sometimes. <laughs> well, what, what's funny is, like, okay, so I don't want to, uh, uh, this is another, like, weird connection, but, so the, the, what I'm referencing for that is, like, the beginning, Daphne says, like, this ghost has been pawing me, like, all night or something, like, grope me or yeah. something like that. And I was like, okay. And then you realize, like, James Gunn wrote the script. Yeah. And what he's under fire for right now is, like, weird. Yeah. But it's But it's weird because I, I, I'm one of the people that stands behind James Gunn. I'm like, you so what? Whatever. You know, it's not like Disney doesn't have a weird past. You know, like, <laughs> oh, that kind right, of right. But it's just, like, a weird connection. But it's not just him. It's just that whole era. Like, that's a funny opening joke. Oh, yeah. someone touched the cot girl's butt. <laughs> yeah and like you would think with an opening like that that it would kind of want to try and deconstruct scooby-doo and like i think the first movie to an extent tries to and i know that this is a podcast about scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed and we'll go back to that but yeah. i want to talk about one specific thing about the first movie for a second which is this brushing under the rug of a huge plot hole which i don't i don't know if you guys noticed it but it was the first time i had noticed it this time which around one? <laughs> yeah okay so there are a few but the yeah. one that stood out to me the the one that i bring up a lot is is like why the voodoo guy is there at all um oh, like yeah. does he just live at an amusement park what's his deal i don't know but like the, the, in terms of the overall plot why did Mondavarius invite the rest of the team if he only needed Scooby? Yeah. So they asked this question in the movie, movie. when they found out that it was Mondavarius, and they were like, "Well, then why did he, why did he invite all of us if he only needed Scooby?" And then someone said, "It doesn't matter. We have to go save Scooby." And I'm like, "Hold on, it does matter because yeah. why are the rest of you even here if he didn't need you?" <laughs> Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I interpreted it as since it was actually scrappy the whole time. Spoilers if you haven't watched a movie in 15 years. Yeah. Uh, but like he, he was just trying to enact revenge on the rest of them while sacrificing Scooby. Right. See, because, that's Because they fair. Like, left him on the side of the road. Or he wanted, yeah, wanted to make him watch. See, that's I, fair. But I also feel like he, I, I don't know. I feel like it would have made more sense to him to get all of that power and then go after them instead of having oh, yeah. them all there while he got, but you know, you could always chalk it up to like, <laughs> he doesn't think too far ahead of his plans or whatever. Like that's just yeah, a character flaw or whatever. Wouldn't yeah. have been cool enough. Yeah. Robot. Mr. Bean doesn't care about the, right. Yeah. <laughs> but well, so like, 
that was something else I was going to say. Like, I, I'm something I'm glad they carried out through both the movies is like the cartoon physics and logic. Like, yeah, both in like totally, they're invincible. Like, how many times? Like, I I know like watching as like younger, like uh, like as a kid or even college and stuff. Like someone like falling down with like something strapped to their leg, and be like that's fine. I watched it at 36, and I'm like, her leg would be broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Or, and also, I mean, like, everyone's yeah. impervious to shattering glass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. Like, that was... I, And that's what I was... That's what I mean when I, I'm saying, like, I don't know who these movies are for sometimes because yeah, you'll have like the more adult humor that is a lot to read into again. Sorry to be focusing on the first movie. Um, <laughs> but I just, uh, they, they made like, they made an enema joke. I don't know if you guys oh, caught yeah. that one. They, they were invited. Shaggy and Scooby were like invited to spooky Island. And then they were like, we don't go to any place with like spooky, creepy or haunted in the title. And Scooby's like, uh, or hydrocolonic. It's like, yeah, or yeah. hydrocolonic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, yeah. It's, and it's like, okay, but no one's going to get that. Like, the kids aren't going to get that. But then, in addition to that, you also have the the humor in the cartoon physics, which I feel like is aimed at kids. And of course, and I'm sorry again, everyone, we had a one episode <laughs> break, but I got to bring it back. All of the fart humor in these movies is <laughs> definitely aimed at children. And so it's just like, who is this movie? What is this franchise for? Yeah. I like that was also that time period where I think everybody was trying to be Shrek. Because uh, yeah. Shrek was like for kids and adults and stuff. And this one was like not as smooth with it. Yeah. It, I'm just happy that if I kill a ghost, it's just going to make a fart noise. Right. So that's like, true. It, you know, that is canon. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not as scared anymore. I, it, so I haven't watched the cartoons since the movie the movies came out. Like, it, are, is Scooby like being like uh, farting a lot? Is that also kind of part nope. of his character now? Nope. Okay, not at all. I, I I didn't remember that before at all. I remember him burping and stuff. I never remember him having like fart battles and stuff. Right? What'd you call it? You were like, this is uh, the the Dragon Ball Z of Scooby Doo, right? Yeah. Now. So in the second movie, uh, was it with yes. the. Uh, Minor 49er, or was it with the cap? It was the yeah. minor. minor. Yeah. And, they, and yep. they, they had like this Dragon Ball Z moment with like fart and fire. And they're like pushing each other's power. <laughs> That's right. And I guess, you know, Scooby, he's got some uh, some backup issues there. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, you know, what's funny is like uh, the only thing I could think is like it, on the surface level, they're like, yeah, this will be a movie for kids and adults. But I think at the in the actual writing room they're like dude stoners like college stoners like this is going to be it <laughs> i i really think overall they tried to get everybody they tried to make the demographic as huge as they possibly could to I think appeal ultimate, to I, as many yeah. people as possible to watch this movie i think you're right i think they were trying to appeal to everybody and i think that might have been a big part of in like the problem with the humor being kind of all over the place yeah. i am glad though that they didn't try to make uh like scooby and the gang too serious like like they that there's some there's definitely a lot of changes but overall like every like the colors were like high contrast and bright and everybody's like really yeah. like exaggerated and stuff it's all these complimentary colors i loved the when they got in the new the new uh mystery machine oh the the, the, the stretch hummer this like, like <laughs> oh my god how have i not talked about the stretch hummer yet that opens that opens the movie and right? i keep forgetting to comment on it <laughs> that so that 
thing, like, that just set the tone. That whole opening gala where they're coming out of the, uh, the, the Hummer and, like, going down the red carpet, it just speaks about everyone's character in about, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. It's like, so good. Where they it's... came to. Also, like, let me talk about some product placement. This was really weird. Yeah, have you watched this movie yep. with um, uh, captions? Oh, yes. So I, I always watch movies with captions because, like, I'm afraid of, like, missing stuff that people are saying in the background and things. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that, like, well, in the beginning, when he's going down the red carpet, or when Scooby and Shaggy are going down the red carpet, they have, like, a KFC cup. And then I was mm-hmm. thinking, like, when did KFC get milkshakes? And, <laughs> and then... It's a pleasure, sir, whatever later, he says. Later in the movie, um, there's a really bad ADR moment where Shaggy says KFC instead of something else, but the caption says Burger King. <laughs> Wait, does it really? Yeah, so I wonder like, if there is, was like a were you watch- What's that? Where were we Sorry, watching were, it? Were you watching it on Netflix? Yes, or? on Netflix. It, wow, I can't believe I missed so that. So it was later on in the movie. They were, in, uh, I, they were driving yeah, yeah, up to I, somewhere... And I think, they were going to Wickles Manor. Yes. I, I know the scene you're talking about. I, be, I forget. Believe it or not, I've seen this movie seven times now. in a row. Um, yeah, so, in that, a row. so that scene, like, if you, yeah, there's a really bad ADR moment because like they, they cut away for he, they're not showing Shaggy for the first part of the word, and then when they cut back to him, it's like the last syllable is like a really weird cut, and the the audio just sounds different. Yeah. But then the yes. caption says Burger King instead of KFC. That's incredible. And so I was just wondering if like there was a brand deal that fell through or they wrote <laughs> one in and then they got another one or something. That's so great. Yeah, like if it was always meant to be Burger King, but then they dropped out and KFC was like, yeah, we'll do it. And it's like, but we already filmed the milkshake thing. It's like, ah. <laughs> I'm like, that's okay. Well, I also doesn't matter. I noticed they never address Shaggy being vegetarian in the movie. Hardly an inconvenience. Right? No, no. Um, oh, yeah. So I think... Like, I don't know, maybe this might be looking too far into it, but I'm, I'm vegetarian, so, like, I know that Burger King is one of the only, one of the few uh, fast food restaurants that has a veggie burger. Yeah. And That's so, true. I wonder if someone wrote into the script thinking, well, that makes sense, right? Like, I don't even know at the time if they did, because I was a vegetarian at that time. True. Or yeah. if it was Shaggy random. be proud of you, though. The, the condiment sandwiches you have made from some of these fast food places. Right. <laughs> <laughs> God, well, I don't know, these movies... I don't think they've been explicit with Shaggy's vegetarianism. Right. Um, because even the first movie, one of the things that he talks about is like pastrami flavored ice cream. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> but he, and, but, he made, but like, he made a point to yeah. say something about being vegetarian when he was making a sandwich. Well, the sandwich was a, it was an eggplant or burger. Eggplant burger. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. And then when he talked to Isla, she was like, Oh, oh I guess she's vegetarian, but, and it yeah, was it was something he was imagining or making up, and then asked Scoob if that sounded delicious. Like, so I don't yeah. know if yeah. it necessarily was things he he would eat. Mm. Right. So, but I think there there's enough confusion there from my perspective For that it could sure. go either way. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, because like you could you you could say like oh, but he was eating an eggplant burger, but also like. Shaggy just eats anything. Yeah. Like it doesn't. He, I feel like he would just he he put chocolate sauce on it. Like he just he doesn't care yeah. about like you know he ate a, being traditional with it. Entire like sentient blob of cotton candy. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> well, that's the first monster I could sink my teeth in. That's so great. <laughs> Do you think there's a liter size soda glob anywhere? Yeah. God, I love that line. That was, so that was actually another question I had that probably has no business being asked in a movie like this, but. Are these monsters just being named and called these things by the gang, with the exception of the Cotton Candy monster? Yeah. Do, do they ever reference themselves as these things? Like, 
Yeah, because they call them um, these so, things, and they and they like respond to the names, you know. Yeah. So most of these monsters are from the cartoon. Like yeah. The, the cartoons, and I think it was just. I don't know. It might be something that some of them were like what the locals call them. Some of them might be what the gang created around them or I don't know, lore and myth. And cause usually they, they'll try to create uh, like minor 40, like Cap, Captain Cutler's ghost. Yeah. Like that's just a person. So like that makes sense. Um, but I don't know. Some of them might, I, you know what? I got to go back and watch some of these old episodes. That's what I got to do for the, for the next 20 something days of this <laughs> series that's right you got a white ways to go man oh i sure do can i tell you it feels like day at least <laughs> like 15 or 16 oh. but it is not even close to that that's awesome oh awesome. man are we still in the honeymoon but, period or you still no. honeymoon period? <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure not rod <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun watch today it was yeah but yeah <laughs> you know so Something else was kind of random. I could not, and maybe this is only on hindsight because I didn't think this at the time when the movies came out. But watching it yesterday and today, yeah, especially today, I I couldn't get out of my head that the whole movie's plot was kind of like a prequel to the, like the MCU of like Chris uh, Griffin trying to teach uh, Hawkeye's wife how to love. What? Hold on. Why is Chris Griffin in the MCU? Because well, now because it's it was Seth, Seth Meyer Green. Chris Seth Green, sorry, Seth, Seth Green. Green. Like cuz he's the voice of Chris Griffin, right? Yeah. Yes. But he but then Velma is Hawkeye's wife, right? Why don't But also Seth Green is the voice of Howard the Duck in the MCU. Yeah. Just, Keep it all in the MCU. Don't involve Family so, Guy into any of this. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. For some reason, I didn't know. That. So that's funny. That all comes back to full circle then to James Gunn. Oh. Yeah, it sure does. That's so funny. Okay, so Howard the Duck was trying to teach Hawkeye's wife how to love. That could be. <laughs> that could be really interesting. Guardians of the Galaxy three, if it ever gets made. <laughs> there you go. Put Hawkeye on the team. Guardians three. Right. Or like that's or the just plot. his wife. Well, that's the plot. Yeah. It's like Howard's <laughs> trying to steal Hawkeye's wife back. <laughs> You know, it doesn't. It doesn't even have to be Guardians. Just give how. That's the plot of the Howard the Duck movie. That that was is absolutely. Can you imagine if the first time, like people have been like, we need a new Howard the Duck, or like we need a Hawkeye solo film, or something like that. <laughs> and what if it was the two of them together? There you how, go. What a weird combo of of people that would it's be. Just, it's just it's just Daphne getting caught like every ten minutes, right? So, <laughs> so, all the suddenly, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is in the MCU now, right? That's right. You know, she, as it should be i, I was also reminded of like how she was like the queen of like action camp at that time you know <laughs> yeah between buffy oh, and this for sure. like i i didn't see her break once <laughs> no <laughs> or any of them but no 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 i i gotta give props to these actors because like they committed yeah. to these roles <laughs> i think for sure well, uh, also, oh. we're watching uh, Matthew Lillard's performance today, especially on, like, HD, <laughs> like, which I'm sure they did not intend at yeah. all. It was, like, it was like watching someone in your room, and at times was very awkward. Like, oh, man. Well, especially when he had a female body after oh drinking God. the potions. And you could, see some, you could see some of, like, the separation of the CG. That was funny. Yeah. And stuff, and like I'm sure the face the, tracking. Yeah, like, at the time, I'm sure they were, like, the fuzzle covered up. <laughs> <laughs> Just feather it. Just feather the edges. It'll be fine. <laughs> Keep feathering. 
They, they, Scooby, though, in both movies uh, remained adorable, so I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I've been I've been taking note of of him and trying to appreciate all the work that the animators put into his personality, and you know, because there's a lot of there's a I feel like maybe it's just like the way that human brains are are wired, but I feel like even when he's on screen, are at least my eyes tend to drift towards the human actors because like I feel like the human brain shifts towards like looking at other people's faces. Yeah. And Scooby's is a dog, which is great, but like I, I have to try and like force myself to when he's not the center of attention. I still want to look and see how the animators are, are what like what they're doing with him. But it's like it's an active thing that I have to like. All right, and oh Matthew Lillard's doing this. Oh wait, check, uh, Scooby. Like, I gotta look at Scooby. What's he doing? How's the hands he doing? Yeah, right. Like, this I don't movie know. Is titled after him. Yeah, 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 and I just I I want to give all those animators credit and want to give their creation a little bit of attention. <laughs> yeah, every time Scooby and Shaggy uh, went undercover, they were like di- sco- different characters. Well, yeah, like Scooby <laughs> yeah. always so, ended up being a human somehow. Yeah, he was either like Grandma or the Funky Disco dude, Disco Stew somehow. Like, like yeah, it was uh, S. D. McCrawley. That's right. Was the name. Also, Spe- speaking of like, yeah, like the work they put into the animating and all that. That also brings up another point that I was actually genuinely surprised. But is is Shaggy's real name Norville? Is that what they said? Yeah, Norville Shaggy Rogers. I never yeah. knew that. Norville and Scoobert Scooby Doo. That didn't surprise me as much. Yeah. I didn't even. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is misinformation on the internet that his name is Scoobert. Dubert or something like that, <laughs> which is not true. It's Scoobert Dooby Doo. Scoobert Scooby Doo, rather. Um, and they just call him Scooby. Scooby Doo. Between that and Goofy's real name, sounds like a nerd sync video to me. <laughs> I've already I made a Twitter tirade like years ago about the Scooby because there was a meme going around where it was like, you know, I, I found out Scooby's full name is Scoobert Dubert, and I've been laughing for like 20 uh. minutes. And People like have sent that my way, and I'm like, it's not true. I hate everyone. <laughs> memes. That's funny. Smithers release the dogs. Right. <laughs> you know, it's oh, it's uh, talking about detail and like Scooby. This is another random, too nitpicky uh, captioning thing. But in the first movie, they captioned Scooby like what he was meaning to say. Oh, that's so. And funny. in Monsters Unleashed, they like they just phonetically captioned him. Wait. At least in the one I saw. Hold on. They did. I well, I didn't watch the first one with captions on, so I feel. Oh wait. So what you're saying? The first one they just wrote out in plain English what he said, whereas the second one they put all the R's in front of everything, sort of a thing. Yeah. That's fascinating. So So, like they didn't even try in the second one. They're just like, if you couldn't understand him before, you still can't. There were (laughs) there were times where I could understand Scooby, but the captioning just said like gibberish. Oh god. Especially when they were doing the favorite. Yeah, uh, okay, so I love that oath so much. Oh, yeah. It's such classic Scooby humor where yeah. like he's just like rambling like <laughs> That's how people but sound to me sometimes. Oh. I have to say my favorite caption that I saw, uh, m- my two favorite captions were when um they're looking at uh, Velma and Daphne are looking at Fred and Patrick as like P- Fred is stalling oh, Patrick mm-hmm. and like they're toasting yeah. and I couldn't I couldn't see what they were doing like I couldn't hear what they were saying at first until I turned the captions on and the, and the captions just say like two museums 
<laughs> and I thought that was really funny. But my other favorite caption was during the point of the film when Shaggy and Scooby are doing a freestyle rap number oh, yeah. as they're hitting the controls, which like the editing around that scene almost made it seem like they were trying to disguise the fact that they were even rapping at all because they didn't as soon as they started they immediately cut to other stuff and just had like the audio kind of go over oh, it but like they didn't want to focus too much on it but it never cut back the the caption of it uh when scooby starts to do his little rap section it just says like incoherent improvisation <laughs> that's funny <laughs> and i'm like that is the entire description of this movie oh, I, I saw, I saw you that's tweet that so dude. funny yeah <laughs> so funny. yeah I, you know the thing that stood out to me during that rap was like i think it was the first or second line where they reference like how cool justin timberlake is yeah and it was yeah, like, like uh, i think that year justin released a solo album oh so between that and that, the ruben stuttered like appearance it was like they were, they were like yeah we we are 2004 like oh yeah that was that was the thing where like we were trying to figure out the exact time period that this movie took place in because the first one, it's like very clearly like early two thousands kind of a vibe. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. There's an appearance by like Sugar Ray yeah, in that's there right, yeah. at some point. He was also and like, Yeah, and like the, then this one, other you could say you could argue that the Ruben Stuttered thing isn't canon. That that's uh-huh. just the end credits thing or whatever. Uh-huh. And you'd be like, okay, fine, fair enough. But the the line referencing Justin Timberlake in the middle of the movie made me like, well, it can't, you know, yeah. you could you the time period you could argue is like, oh, it's like 60s, 70s. But as soon as you name drop Justin Timberlake, nope, yeah. can't, well, can't be that time anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I remember this era of the movies and stuff, but it, it never really reminded me of the 60s besides of like Scooby's gang kind of lives you know i don't know like it, it except it, for the disco number in the club yeah right but also <laughs> that that's questionable too because it's like the whole concept of like all the villains like the you know has been villains being at one bar together every night yeah <laughs> and only the ones that were faux ghosts yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but i yeah i don't i think i don't to me it was like everything always like rung kind of like late 90s early 2000s but like in that you. era, era like I say era, man, like it wasn't twenty years ago. In that uh, era, in that era, like I don't know, it feels all. It made, this so the Scooby movies it made me realize how much I miss that kind of period of movies where, like, yeah. the sixties could live in the two thousands and like you know the eighties could live in two thousands and stuff, and no no one questioned yeah. these wacky characters because everyone else around them were in the time period. Like yeah. I guess if you want to like put the the time period into question like when they get on the red carpet there's like punk girls yeah. and stoners and you know yeah so yeah i think i like the idea that it could be left ambiguous if you wanted it to the the justin timberlake line gives me i don't know it, it's it's too much for me <laughs> to f- fully believe that but like everything else you could be like oh okay well the fashion is kind of of a certain era uh, or like but also the technology is super futuristic so like yeah. who knows when that when all that is yeah, happening that randomonium yeah Randomonium. <laughs> Randomonium. I can't believe I haven't talked about Randomonium yet. What a... I'm sorry. <laughs> what a dumb... What a dumb name that they could come up with. You know what, though? Like, I Random. still uh, accept it more than the Avatar, the Unobtainium. Oh, Unobtainium. Yeah. Well, that's because at least Scooby was, like, 
not supposed to be taken super seriously. Yeah, right. But Avatar was like, yeah, we're the super serious, groundbreaking cinema, <laughs> and we have an object called unobtainable. <laughs> that they obtain fairly easily. Take us seriously, please. <laughs> uh, fart joke. Well, I, oh I know the, the randomonium, what was funny about... So that was another thing with all the characters. Like, if you want to pick apart, like, weird character inconsistencies and stuff... Everyone was like a one-dimensional character until they didn't need to be. Like Daffy's yeah. just a dumb, pretty face until she's suddenly a rocket scientist because she's like carrying microchips across the room and knowing where to solder them in and stuff. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and oh, then she's yeah, like, then she's also, like a ninja. <laughs> yeah, and, and like speaking of the randomonium, like when they first mention that that the pterodactyl scale, which I can't stress enough, pterodactyls don't have scales, scales right? <laughs> 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 but um, as soon as they mentioned that the pterodactyl scale had like randomonium or something like that, or, or I, don't, I can't remember, they just detected randomonium for the first time. Yep. And then Daph- it turns to Daphne, and Daphne's like, "Doesn't randomonium glow?" And I'm like, "How do you know?" <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Because she's a scientist. You didn't. You don't remember that <laughs> plot point? They, you know, forgot to add. I that. feel like. Yeah, because like usually Velma is the one who's supposed to be like you know the smart. the the smart one, the tropey smart one. Yeah. But this movie, they tried to make almost everyone be that way. Like as soon as Velma was uncovering a clue, they would the whole gang would be like, "Oh, it's you know it's this. We can reverse the do the, the signal and do this." And yeah. it's like, yeah, but like Velma's supposed to say that. Ever since Fred gave that. her the light in the first movie. Right. All of a sudden, everybody's mm-hmm. smarter. I don't understand. Yeah, well, except for Scooby and Shaggy. They're the only ones that don't ever clue into all the science stuff. It's all that, all correctly. the sandwiches. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then, speaking of Velma, though, that was another thing. She's also tropey until she doesn't need to be. I don't know, on the first movie especially, do you see, like, how they just kind of gradually, like, sexed her up? Yeah. And, like... Yeah. There was like one scene, she was in the turtleneck, and then the next scene, she had, like, half the valley showing. And no, no explanation of how she had a costume change in the middle of all that. Yeah, it wasn't that mutant <laughs> yeah. bunny that right possessed her. Turned like, her hot. In order for in order for that to work, I feel she she as a character would have needed to pack those clothes, and I don't think Velma would have. <laughs> right, because right. they even pointed out how weird it was for her in the second movie when she was in the cat suit. Yeah, she's like, I'm so uncomfortable. Like, are you the same size as Daphne? Because I think she's beautiful, but they don't look the same size. And then she pulls the yeah. sweater out of the bu- Yeah, that cracked me up. That was funny. I enjoyed that. That, yeah. that was a nice little thing. He's like, so you had your turtlenecks like, down to your waist? It was on the whole time. <laughs> it, and her- honestly, that makes perfect sense for that character. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. When she, she got all sad, she's like, well, I'm going to zip up and pull the turtleneck back up. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. There was a scene after that I remember turning over to Vince and I was like, what what is she wearing? Because she had like the orange turtleneck, but then like a cardigan of the same color over it. And I was like, yeah, w- was someone trying to like make this like a thing, like Jennifer Aniston hair for the you know the early or, like, the two polar <laughs> polos over each other, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Was... It's the the clothing 
for the characters in the second movie was like the first movie, I think they really tried to stick with the most classic designs of the characters, right? Like Shaggy, very simple green shirt, brown pants Mm -hmm. nailed it especially in the beginning of the movie everyone was like spot on exactly who they like looked exactly costume accurate Velma stayed mostly the same (laughs) um and Daphne was just wearing various different versions of purple and of course my favorite line of like the purple's a fall color it's the middle of May oh Oh, yeah yeah. (laughs) I'm like the monster (laughs) oh it's from the yeah the voodoo guy that's right yeah the, yeah, the, the guy that was the only his job was to be a suspect. That was really yeah. Like all he was there for was the to just because they needed a third suspect. And I was like, "There's the creepy voodoo guy who told me not to go to the mysterious castle." And it's like <laughs> he, yeah, okay. he sacrificed he, a dead I, chicken. That, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, you know what's funny about that too is I, I remember uh, saying uh, at the beginning of the second movie, like when Seth Green came out, I was like, "Oh, he's either going to be the villain or the red herring to the villain." Yes, just the way they presented everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Yep." So was this supposed to be a kids movie or a stoner movie or? I don't. It had oh, depth, <laughs> man. It had some depth to it. It went all over the place. And, you know, uh, it's funny t- that you would. Oh, go for it. And let me tell you, the the action scenes with uh, Daphne were definitely better than the second season of Iron Fist. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. They they <laughs> they, they went the Iron Fist route where they were like, uh, whenever the wig covers her face, it can be that stunt double. I mean, yeah. I would. I want to see that contest. Yeah, exactly. Her against Iron Fist. Woo! That's like. Oh man, I yeah, I love it. I think the the action, especially with the um, well, the Black Knight specifically, the fight scene was like really cool and interesting. Yeah. But then <laughs> the, the but solution, then, the this big like mad, this big like uh, algorithm was to figure out to kick him in the nuts. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that was so ridiculous and over the top. Um, but then. It felt it felt like, and I wish they would have played into this a little bit more. But it felt like her solution to everything was to fight things. Well, not everything, but just with, with monsters, because she was also crafty and resourceful of like escaping from cages and whatnot. Right. And I thought that was an interesting touch. But then when she fought another monster, it was the ten thousand volt ghost, and her immediate thought was. Well, time to kick it. Let's yeah, see what right. happens. <laughs> yeah. And, and it does not go well. That was a, an incredible scene. For one, I wanted to say that uh, I, that 10,000 volt ghost guy, his voice sounds like Starscream from Transformers. It does. I didn't think of that until you said it, but you're absolutely right. I still, and uh, since we just watched it, I haven't had time to, to see whether it was or not. I have the name, though. <laughs> or if it was just like one of those, like, you know what, we've got Starscream. That was channel that. It was such an amazing scene to see her flipping like through the air like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then because I really felt it, man. I was totally immersed at that point. <laughs> and then they're Heck on yeah. the ground, her and Fred, and they're like, "So this is it, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> so right. deep. I I think it was. I love that idea of them like thinking that this could be like it the end yeah. for them. But I felt like she gave up immediately. <laughs> She she tried to kick a being of pure electricity and it didn't work and she's like, well that's all I got. I guess this is it. <laughs> also, um, later when she had the jumper cables or she saw them, I don't understand why yeah. there was the need for code language. Oh yeah, I was I've been thinking that for days. I don't know why either. Because she's like. Remember that time in high school when you wore the jumper? Yeah. I was like, why are you speaking to him in code? And we were watching this mon- cable. Yeah. 
either this monster doesn't understand you or doesn't mo like care because he's not listening to anything you're saying <laughs> or acknowledging no. any of it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and but but you would think then that the idea is they have to do it quickly and covertly. But mm -hmm. as soon as Fred finds the jumper cables, they like spend a whole like 15 <laughs> seconds doing like cool pole flips to yeah. it, and then they throw it into the thing. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's no point. There's no point in, in trying to keep it secret. That's cute. You know, that's cute. She gets cryptic when she's nervous. <laughs> uh, I, I got a few uh, X's that I could tribute that to. It'll make me feel a lot better about my relationships. Oh. <laughs> She gets cryptic when she's nervous. You might hear she that. She gets cryptic when she's nervous. You might hear that in an upcoming RKVC song. <laughs> you can write, write that down. <laughs> That's a really good line. I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna title that. That's gonna be the title of this episode. Ah, there you go. That's awesome. That's so funny. Oh, yeah, geez. like is that speaking of like that timing, like the way. Like they, they presented that whole thing. I, I think that would be another interesting thing that is pointless, but also like interesting to look at is like how time works in this universe. Because yeah. it's, I, I know it's like cartoon logic, but like there's that scene where it's like it might be happening quickly, but it's like, is it multiple angles or right. what? But then like there's that scene when the, um, the controller is being thrown through the air like a frisbee and Scooby's like trying to catch it in slow mo. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, yes. Scooby defies like time, yeah, and starts scooting through time, <laughs> like when the things. I so, loved that. And yeah. so it's it's funny, but it's like, can we can we have like a theory here about Scooby having like time travel powers or well, something, or he's like the Flash? Oh or, man! And and further, actually, perfect with the Flash. All of a sudden, Shaggy had super speed. Oh, that yeah. one scene where well, they both like zip away, like like flash in the cartoons, step. yeah, where he's like, yeah. it's like, wait, aren't you okay? So. Go go superpowers! <laughs> I love it. Time traveling Scooby—that's a big fan theory I can get behind. <laughs> and the thing is, like apprehensiveness, like activates the mutant gene in each of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Daphne's being cryptic. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so funny. She writes the best ciphers when she's nervous. <laughs> <laughs> like all of her nervous activity is like her just like putting things in like cryptic codes and yeah. like oh but, I love it. But speaking of the codes and stuff, uh the uh like the runes over the doorway where the monsters are being created. Yeah. So I get that like they're supposed to be kind of like ancient or something. I don't know what that was supposed to be, but like Velma could immediately read them. So I didn't know what the point of having them being cryptic was because there was no no like task to get to arrive at that, you know. Yeah. They addressed it I once before. But then I don't I, know what was the point of having that over the door at all because it yeah. didn't seem because it didn't seem like the the evil masked figure wanted anyone there like you would put that over the door to set the tone to set like a, a creepy air of of the place right. yeah but like it, clearly the detriment the downfall of of the big villain was the fact that they were even able to get into his her his lair oh, at yeah. all. And so, like, why even go through the effort of, like, carving out old-timey, you know, ancient so, runes above a door? I, I had, and I right had, before the rap scene. Right. I, <laughs> I had, like, in, at the time, and I don't know if this is correct or incorrect or if it matters, I interpreted it as, like, they had, like, the evil genius had, like, found this place. So at mm. that time, I, I actually wanted to know more about this place. Yeah. Like, what of the what in this place made it 
so you could just create all these ancient beings and stuff and like is this the origin story for Godzilla like I don't know like, what <laughs> what is this you know like why is this the like there's no like history That's of it like there's no backstory of like this used to create like monsters right. and now it is again it's just like is, is it the science project like like what because <laughs> it was a machine down there yeah yeah but, so I I think that that a ton of stuff was cut from Jonathan Jacobo's backstory gotcha um and because I I think that Seth Green's character had to have been related to either Jacobo or Wickles in some capacity. I'm 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 fifty fifty on either one of those, but I feel like he was related to one of the villains, but mm-hmm. they just never developed that storyline. Um, but I, you know how they do a flashback to Jacobo when he's like creating that little blob monster that yeah. spits in his face. I feel like maybe that was like an early version of this monster creating space. And so maybe he wanted to create a monster factory that like, I don't know. He, he seems like a theatrical kind of person, I guess, but even still, I don't know. It's really hard to justify like why you would even go out of your way to do that. Yeah. I like like, carve stuff. There's so much of that. I was genuinely interested in. Like if he was doing that, like, how like was it part of an ancient ritual was it all science like it, 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 i don't know yeah. it, was, it was really i know they couldn't they didn't have time to dive into it but i was like man you got me interested in this character well you know they didn't have time this movie wasn't even 90 minutes long <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't oh my god yeah like i don't know it was uh I don't know. They, they is that is that next october is like nerd sinks like fan fiction contest or something <laughs> No, that's going to be uh, entirely... I need to fill up the rest of this month. It's only day seven, man. Oh, we there you keep go. keep it going. <laughs> but no, I, no I, I feel like there had to have been more stuff with his backstory, but it would if they kept it in, it would have made it way too obvious that he was uh, the villain behind yeah, it And all, that makes sense. But, and it did. It left yeah. me wanting know, to know more about... Uh, what was his name? Pappy Van Winkle. That's, a, <laughs> that's actually a very expensive bourbon or whiskey, but... Uh, I just like that name better, actually. I kind For of, Jacobo? Uh, well, both him and the the old man who... Old man Wickles? <laughs> yeah, Wickles. Yeah. There we go. He was, like, in a pitch meeting. Who? These guys don't even talk to each other. He's, like, pitching the the whole grounds while... Uh, yeah, I want to know more about that, Jacobo too. Jacobo is, like... like, well, like yeah. Like what his his life like trying to become like a recover maybe it's just my my priorities in my thirties is different than when I was in my I have so teenager. many questions. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, these are the right questions to be asking. Thank right? you guys. Well, and then some the thing I felt like was a a fair thing to ask that I thought was actually being prompted that never got answered was why the costumes were required for the monsters. Like was it like a template? Or, like, could you make it from scratch if you were creative enough? Of enough? Or were they only wanting to recreate the Scooby uh, gang, like the Mystery Inc. gang's monsters to frame them somehow? Or, like, interesting. No, yeah. So, I, I, as far as they got into mm. it, they just said that the costumes were needed, but they didn't explain why. However, you've inspired me to come up with my own fan theory just there now. There you go. <laughs> Have either of you seen the TV show Warehouse 13? No, no. Okay, so Warehouse 13, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a great show, and the gist of the show is there's this um, mystical, magical kind of um, warehouse, secretive warehouse, 
um, that contains all sorts of artifacts with interesting powers and abilities, but they're real life artifacts um, mm. from big important events in our real life history. So it'll be something like Pavlov's actual bell that he used to train dogs or something like nice. that oh. or um, yeah, anything, anything else and any kind of object. Like I think they had Jimi Hendrix guitar or something like that. Um, they had comic book related. I think they had Jack Kirby's um, trunks that like kind of turned you into a superhero. Oh wow. Um, so they all had interesting powers that kind of related. It was very twilight zone esque where like the powers would do something good usually, but there'd be a downside. I just remember Pavlov's bell would do something like it would allow you to um, have like command over dogs, but it would make you drool a lot. <laughs> um, but like, so I like this idea that the items themselves the costumes themselves are of such importance in the world, in the history in, of recent events that they are imbued with this kind of mystical energy that is needed to turn them f- into real life monsters. That's my fan theory and I'm sticking to it. I, yeah. That sounds more feasible to me than any other explanation that I can think of right now. <laughs> I like this theory, especially because the, uh, no, I'm, that's too far. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I was like, but all of them were based on farces. But I guess it was just like the intention, of, right? Like, yeah, and, that's true. And yeah. Coolsville. This yeah, is right. all happening in Coolsville. Was that canon too? I don't remember. Uh, yes, it. it okay. Coolsville made its first appearance in a pup named Scooby Doo, because prior to that, the gang was mostly nomadic and they would just kind of drive around Forever, in, the, yeah. in the van. But yes, Coolsville was established in. Uh, a pup named Scooby Doo, and it carried over into. I think it carried over into Mystery, uh, or sorry, into What's New Scooby Doo. And then when Mystery Inc. came around, which is another cartoon, um, afterwards they re they kind of redid it and they made everyone from a place called Crystal Cove instead. So like the uh, lore of Scooby Doo is kind of muddied and complicated. <laughs> but at the time, at the time, Coolsville was absolutely. Um, canon and gotcha. established. I guess that yeah. makes sense because both movies uh, seem to be kind of like the um, aftermath of like their heyday. You know, like yeah. it was like they totally. it's like the cartoons were like their their peak almost, yep. and then these movies are like kind of like the the like <laughs> the end, the end of the bell curve. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it, they're they're really the Logan of Scooby Doo stories, <laughs> especially that last one. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's like, dark. You think about that, that like oh, that is how Scooby dark. would go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We never saw Scrappy again. Did they just so that that fits your theory of like Monsters Unleashed might happen first? Because yeah, well, they, it's they it's less were... of a theory and more of a preference. I think yeah. you should watch them in reverse order. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, this but, one was perfect for an origin. But they just like never reference Scrappy at all. It, 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 even if they don't reference him as like a, a former friend or something. They had a museum of former villains, and he wasn't in yeah. there. That's true. <laughs> or maybe he was, and we couldn't see him. Maybe oh. if we go, you know, maybe it was in a weird shot or weird. Oh, like, right. it, it wouldn't be Scrappy. It would be the um, the robot of Mondavarius, probably. Yeah. But, Ooh. man, you know what, what makes me upset, though? is not really upset. I just, look, it's day seven. I'm complaining more <laughs> than I'm praising at this point. But... When you're, I first of all, props to them for doing 
a lot bringing a lot of great scooby-doo classic villains to life yeah um the black knight ghost was the first episode ever of a scooby-doo cartoon Mm -hmm. great that that character was able to play a huge role in the plot um the pterodactyl ghost was another one the uh, minor 49er and captain cutler i have issues with chicken I, I don't remember if, I don't know if Chickenstein is a part of the cartoons, but I just have issues with that specific one that I've talked about before, which is Chickenstein doesn't make an appearance in the rest of the film. Right. But the cotton candy glob needed better establishment. So why not just establish the cotton candy glob instead of Chickenstein? Yeah. Like, um, they but anyway, halfway through. They're like, well, Yeah, it but, might have been something like they're that. They're like, we already for sure. this. it'll be cannibalism if Shaggy and Scooby eat Chickenstein. That would oh, have been yeah. the le- well. They're vegetarian, so they right. can't do chicken. Dude, so wouldn't it had be, to be. Wouldn't that be funny? If that candy. Was, wouldn't that be funny if that was the argument? They get to the scene and someone's like, "Wait, isn't Shaggy vegetarian?" They're like, crap, shit. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, but hold on now. With the KFC deal, maybe they would have gone through with it, oh. right? That's, there's so many conflicting thoughts here. Maybe or, I wonder I if the know. KFC deal never finished. That I don't know. Like. <laughs> I had to just throw in there that when Shaggy is walking up that red carpet to go to whatever they were going to, what were they going to? The museum? Yeah, there was a museum. Yeah, yeah the like, museum opening. Yeah. He, he, the way he knew it, they were his fans is he smelled them. Yeah, it, that was another one of those, like, is he a stoner joke? Like, did he smell sandwiches? Wow. I can't believe I didn't notice that. I Be- just... I, yeah. Because, yeah, so that's how you'd be like, oh, there's my crew. You're like, wait, why? Right. <laughs> I did. That's so interesting. I all I remember. I, I'll have to look for that. I can't believe I didn't notice that. Because in my head, it's just he kind of walks and then stops and then looks over and then does like the kind of like double take of like, hey, yeah, and yeah. everyone cheers at him. But I didn't notice he was smelling stuff. I that's, was I was waiting for them to be holding hamburgers or something because that was the reveal in the first movie. Like they they were playing past the duchy to the left hand side and they show smoke coming they out sure of the van and then like. It goes in the van, like, oh, they're making eggplant burgers. Yeah. But then yeah. this movie, he's, like, sniffing around, like, okay, funny, pan over, they're holding hamburgers, like, but they're not. Did you notice, like, and this is a little tangent, but I'm really mad. I'm really, really upset about yeah, this. Let it out, Vince. There was no Scooby Snacks in the second movie. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> None. None at all. Not only that, but they could have done it with the Girl Scout who was selling cookies. Could she could have sold Scooby Snacks instead, although, and that would have been a fun thing. At although, any point, though, they must have known just as much as we did that there were no Scooby Snacks. Because did you see how much they paid for those cookies? Yeah, right. Like it was like eighty, hundred dollars or something like that. Amazing. <laughs> Good lord. Also, how many cookies did that little girl have on her? Because she or she, she held up like one box. They're just dumb. That's. Very. Well, they're just really good cookies that are super expensive. Yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> they were made. No, out of it's velvet. Yeah, similar asses. to that though. Um, like similar to the idea of not having Scooby snacks is they don't even play the play up the gag that Shaggy and Scooby are constantly eating. The first movie does a lot. They're, yeah. they're constantly getting into buffets and everything. This movie doesn't. Until the cotton candy glob, which again is two things that have not really been established in this movie. The cotton candy glob wasn't established, and the fact that they these that these two characters will just go and eat a bunch of stuff has not been established in this movie. Yeah, it's so funny because I I notice it now, but it's what's always fun like watching movies with like people like you and other filmmaker friends because like I don't notice it, but when it's pointed out, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> 
when did yeah when did that happen the or, God, yeah. or like was the cotton candy glob even like a monster or was it like a byproduct of something accident that happened on the so peripherals of to to clear your minds okay. and, and fill you in on the cotton candy glob saga that is this movie <laughs> The cotton candy glob was in the opening museum scene, okay. but way in the background. Gotcha. You'd have to be looking for it. And there's one other clue when they're at the faux ghost um, and Shaggy and Scooby are making their way to old man Wickles. There are two people that get into kind of a verbal shouting match. And one of them's like a ghost clown is way scarier than a cotton candy glob. Oh. But you'd have to be listening to that oh, yeah, or, or have that. the captions on to, 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 I yeah, totally it's remember so that scene. subtle. Like they pass right through a punch. Yeah, that's exactly it. He, yeah. they, he uh, I think Shaggy actually gets pushed forward so the punch could happen. Gotcha. That's right. That's and right. but yeah, you'd have to. It's so subtle. Like you, you wouldn't notice it. Dang. That reminded me of something else. Uh, on, on top of like all this cartoon physics of this world, I didn't quite grasp like how er- the the level of urgency in fighting the ghosts. Because they made it seem like everyone was pretty, like, um, solid, you know? Like, if a ghost hit you, it would hurt you or set you on fire or hurt you. But then when Mm -hmm. Fred's in that um, jousting match, like, Mm -hmm. it seems like these are high stakes because he's in a jousting match. But then he gets stabbed in the chest and it doesn't do anything to him and knocks him back, but it doesn't kill him. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like this, he first gets hit in the shoulder wearing no padding. And he just yeah. kinda like rub, he kind of rubs it off. Like jousting is a thing where your shoulder would be the most padded area yeah, of, yeah. of your armor. And he's like, oh man, that like, that's, that's a little sore. <laughs> yeah. And then that's it. It was weird to address it at all. That smarts. If, if it was going to, you know, not make it like, like, like amount to anything later. And speaking of like establishing things, like the fact that he's jousting on a motorcycle that just appears out of nowhere. Right. Like he didn't know it was there when he was like, I got this guys. He was just like, Oh, what's under this tarp? Oh, fun motorcycle. Well, right. he wasn't even curious. It's like he knew. He knew there was a motorcycle, <laughs> it, but they didn't establish it. It was the, And then like not only that, but we never see that he even knows how to ride drive, ride a motorcycle. That's the power of Bon Jovi. That's right. It is. Oh, sure. <laughs> I, and I had to note that the motorcycle was an Indian, not a Harley Davidson, which I wonder why they chose that. Ooh. If it was just oh, like a brand deal. Exactly. It's it another like, brand deal. Was it Indian? Or, uh, that, that, well, like someone left it on the lot that day. Me, in my head, I'm like, it's an Indian because Indians used to fight cowboys and cowboys used to ride horses. And horses are under nights sometimes. Yeah, and he's riding a motorcycle it. like a horse. Well, so that was, That's and, good stuff. And that was something that, for some reason, I never thought about in the cartoons, but when I saw it on the live-action movie, um, is the horse a ghost, too? <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that work? Rod? <laughs> Rod? Rod? That is my favorite question anyone has asked so far. <laughs> Is the horse a ghost too? Great question. Because does that like okay? Because then that whole has a whole like like spirits. Where like, do you get the horse? Yeah, like he, <laughs> he finds a horse, or like the spirits died together, so they're like eternally like I know. Well, because the Black Knight ghost, at least in the cartoon, never had a horse, and the horse didn't have any mysterious glow about it like the rest of the ghosts do. So yeah, he, just, the he just went and got a horse. Yeah, because it's on. I saw an up close shot, and you, you you can see through the Black Knight's like torso. You yeah. know, 
But then the horse was mm -hmm. like a horse. It was a black horse. And I was like, poor black horses, they get a bad rap because they're dark like black cats, you know? Yeah. Like, wait, is the right. horse a ghost? But also, none of these are technically ghosts, right? Because they've been generated from the machine. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just borrowed yeah. it from the headless horseman. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, you know there's like a yeah they've got like a some sort of time sheet worked out where they're like oh, I get Tuesdays and Thursdays that's right is <laughs> the like the the cartoon universe's like timeshares yeah the rest of the that's week exactly he's at right. Lord of the Rings <laughs> that's uh, see the, that's one of those questions that like has popped into my head but I've not quite given it the time it needs to right? <laughs> I just had a they just had a horse. Oh, they just found a horse. So good. Because yeah, the horse wasn't there in previous scenes, right? Nope. No. It just kind of appeared during the jousting. <laughs> yeah. So right. like a uh, like a motorcycle like materialized for Fred, but a horse materialized for the Black Knight. That's right. Who won that battle? Or, or <laughs> <laughs> that was the real battle right. they were in. That's right. <laughs> Who could generate the best vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> They're just comparing sizes. That's it. It's actually like this like uh, parallel discussion about like toxic masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it kind of is. It is like, though, isn't, yeah. that, isn't that Fred's whole journey is like talking's for wimps. Yeah. It's time for action. And then like right after he gets knocked off the horse or knocked off the motorcycle, he starts talking to Daphne. And then the knight's like, you talk too much. Talking's for wimps. Yeah. Yeah. Fred's like, you just gotta embrace your sensitive side. Man. <laughs> that was something else I loved that they carried over from the cartoons to the uh, movies. Is that they would like try to rationalize or joke with the ghosts? ghosts yeah, yeah. Be like, Come You've on, touched man. my inner child, right? And he's pissed. <laughs> I yeah, I loved the. I think the Black Knight ghost had the most of that because there was also the the scene where he was first introduced. And like Shaggy and Scooby were stacking stuff against the door, oh, and like yeah. he was helping them, and yeah. like, that is so quintessentially Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, ah! <laughs> yeah. And like the, my favorite bit though was when they were leaving the mansion, and Scooby does this really, you know, props to the animators for making this look cool. Scooby like takes the lampshade. Um, and just like dunks it on the Black Knight guest's yeah. head as they're leaving. And I'm like, oh, that looked so cool. Oh, okay. uh, talking about like Scooby doing some crazy things, the whole jumping down the side of a cliff and surfing on a pa on a trash can lid. Yeah. And then Heck like, yeah. In the, I can't, I'm, I'm like, feel like I'm mixing movies. Like when they were on the frying pan going across the, the table. Yeah. The There's, frying pan was the. Was that this movie? That was the second movie, right? Yeah. Yep, that was the second movie. That was right. That was yeah. When the pterodactyl ghost was uh, tearing up the museum. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Gosh. All I could think of is like, are there little giblets like cooking? Because they're going over fire. Yeah. They're little like, giblets. It's fast. Right, it's fast. It's happening. But it's, so but, it's over, but it's over the course of like a long length of fire. Uh, these are too many questions. Oh, man. <laughs> Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed does not hold up under this much scrutiny, okay? <laughs> oh, you know, this random reminded me, oh, the because there's like at least two, maybe more references to the Black Knight getting kicked or like shocked in the nuts. Mm. Yes. I wonder if it was accidental or purposeful to being like a small reference to uh, Monster Squad. Do, oh. do, are you familiar with that movie? I'm not, no. So What's Monster Squad? You should, you should watch it whenever you need a break from Scooby this month. <laughs> um, it's... 
it's like a it was an eighties or early nineties movie. It was eighties. Um, kind of like Goonies, but during Halloween. So it's like a gang of kids that they find real monsters like Dracula and Wolfman and stuff, and they go fight them. And a very campy kids movie. But there's a point where like they're trapped and cornered by Wolfman, and the kid like kicks the Wolfman in, like in the in the in his nuts and. <laughs> Like, Wolfman reacts, he's like, oh, and he's stunned. And then the kid, like, looks up, and he's like, Wolfman's got nards. And it's like a line that's quoted everywhere. Wolfman's got nards. I know, it was, it was, a, it got was, a, it was a heavy debate in the, in the beginning of the movie. So when, like, it happened in this movie, The Night, I'm like, was that a purposeful reference? Sorry, Gar. Right. Was, are just nut shots, like, funny? <laughs> they're never not funny. Right. Always appealing as to lo- the children. As long as they're happening to someone else. That's just, that's pain in general, though. That's true. <laughs> I do have issues with the fact that he also gets shocked in the nuts yeah. because the only the only reason why that area was his weak point was because he was in that very specific area of the castle because Velma was like putting together stuff like the exact geography and like how far above sea level they are and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. And so that was only supposed to be his weakness at that point in time and space. But then it just seemed to be like a continuous thing throughout the. Uh, like, so that was yeah. that was another like question that I was probably thinking too hard. But I I was like the question she was asking didn't seem to me to be mathematically relevant to where they ended up hitting him. So I was like, wait, what's she talking about? Yeah, like all the stuff you just mentioned, like sea level and longitude and latitude <laughs> and stuff, and, and axis and stuff. Right. And I was like, and then she just and kicks him in the nuts. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and like I feel like I need to I need to pay more attention to that scene because if it I don't know if it was just it seemed like it would be for that's how you find the weaknesses for all monsters and so they had a guidebook that Velma could read and put together fairly quickly yeah. of how like where the monsters weaknesses are and they used it once yeah, Under, they never and I feel like stress too, yeah. yeah and I'm like that that right there is an instruction manual for finding the weak spots on monsters I feel like that would be handy she's a take home broad right <laughs> Well, like, that's the thing. It's like if uh, if Daphne gets cryptic when she's nervous, Velma gets sexy but a little stupid when she's nervous. Yeah, that that's was like true. the theme in this movie. It's like she shows more cleavage and stops thinking as much. Right. I wonder that's what right. soundtrack that was for that scene. What song that was for that one? I noticed the reason I bring that up is I noticed they always like pair this music to these epic scenes. Like we were talking about uh, Bon Jovi yeah. in the uh, uh, yeah. the. the the, and how when uh, Scooby and Shaggy get revealed as the uh, thank you for letting me be myself. Yeah. Yeah. Or what did they credit it as? The new version was something else like Mice and Elf or something? Oh, that's right. It was... Uh, the, Scott, read did you it all the way through. They, they credited it as a song something different. It was like how Scooby would have said really? it or something. It was like thank you and then it was uh. like for if my elf mice or something. The way it was spelled, if you huh. just read it, it it sounds correct. But when it, the way it was spelled, it was all weird. Sure. That's oh, the reason, another reason I brought that up, though, is, and Scott, maybe you'd be able to help me answer this question. I'm Go yearning, yearning to know this. Uh, the the when Scooby's on the fire extinguisher, like uh, sliding like Iceman uh, yeah. during that huge epic battle with the Tar Ghost, mm-hmm. there was a Scooby Doo theme song playing by the band of. Who, oh, was which, that MXPX? I don't know. And that's yes. what, I think it was, was MXPX. It, MXPX? For, it was MXPX for both movies yes. for the main theme song. That that I, I feel so better I, right now. Yeah, I lo- I actually genuinely love that 
Uh, I just, I don't know. There's something re- the Scooby Doo theme song is just really good, and is, yeah. I, I love, I, I like the even the modern kind of like pop punk kind of versions of it. It's, it's very fun. It's very fitting in that scene too, because you know Scooby's doing like. I, I made this joke before, but he's he's effectively doing like a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater thing. Yeah, yeah. like it's it's so of the era of when it was made that like you know there was someone who was like, but like so it's like all right, so Scooby takes the fire extinguisher and starts spraying down the tar monster. Like, yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> is there a way we could get him to like? skateboard in a way because even the opening scene of the first movie thank you for reminding me of like making me watch this but the opening scene of the first movie with the luna ghost they're on a skateboard and they're skateboarding through the factory there's somebody who is in charge of these movies really loved the idea of scooby-doo skateboarding yeah definitely and that's fascinating that's kind of a remnants of that 90s like totally rad skateboard like you said tony hawk like era like everything was about being like uh, the Simpsons even joked about it. Yeah. When they added the dog to um, Itchy and Scratchy, he had to be cool, mm. wear his hat backwards, and skateboard. <laughs> That's right. Um, I can't read uh. the whole title here. This so the remake of Thank You was by Big Brothers, and it was like Falatin me mice elf self. Ah, what? I can't read the whole thing. <laughs> Weird. Where I'm looking it up, like only shows part of the title. I know. We should like just like pull it back up on Netflix. That's so bizarre. But, like, I, I will comment quickly because they were doing the thing that I've seen in other comedies where, like, someone's trying to send a, a, a physical signal to, like, tell someone to do something and they interpret it as a kind of dance move or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I will say the, the what's very fitting and, like, what I think sells it a little bit better is the fact that Shaggy is pointing at himself trying to be, like, you know, watch out for your disguise and everything like that. But I think everyone in the audience or everyone dancing on the floor to their benefit might interpret that more as going like a dance move that goes along with the song of like, thank you for letting me be myself. (laughs) And they're all pointing at themselves and doing a dance move. And so like, I thought, I don't know if that was intentional, but I think it's very clever and it makes that whole like, um, miscommunication dance thing make more coherent sense in in context i found the title it's a thank you and then it's philetinin is one word f-a-l-l-e-t-i-n philetinin me be mice elf again so it's like me be and then like mice as in plural mouse elf again that's how they spell it (laughs) (laughs) philetin me me myself again That's so Daphne. bizarre. <laughs> yeah, we saw that in the credits afterwards. We're like, Daphne, are you nervous again? <laughs> uh, the, She's making the song titles. Yeah. The um, uh, when they were uh, investigating or breaking into that one guy's mansion. Yeah. I, I mean, it was really cute that Scooby was just like doing what a dog does and like finding just toys around the house uh, and stuff. It was very cute. And but then like you see Shaggy stumble upon the uh, record player. And I, was like, and I was like, where did, why did this ancient old man that's been in prison for how long have a vinyl record of Sir Mix-a-Lot that was on right. standby? It's like yeah. the last thing he was listening to. That's, it's so. <laughs> and also, why was that the music they, cue for that scene? It, right. It, it, honestly, 
genuinely, there didn't have to be any music there. It could have just been the record player is busted and it like shoots all that dust in his face and it could just yeah. be like a part of the score in the background. But like the fact that they were just like, you know what would be really funny? <laughs> yeah, it makes me wonder if um, uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot's like agent or sister was part of the production of the film or something. You know what's actually, I just thought of it. Like we have mutual friends. Maybe we could ask. Right? Oh, man. How did you end up in the Scooby film? Weird. Did, was it also a part of the KFC deal? Yeah, right. Does he have stock in KFC? <laughs> that would be funny if it was just like one like singular party like lobbying. Yeah. For some random <laughs> random demands. You'll give us we'll give you all of these things <laughs> in your movie. That would be really funny. Yeah, that, oh, that, was, that was one of those scenes where it was like, it literally, in my head, the, the thing was going to shoot out and it was going to be some stock old-timey music because it's like an old guy that's been in prison for decades. Right. But then I was like, no, but back? Rod, don't you get it? The joke is that he's an old man and he's listening to that song on a record player, on like an old, not even just a record player, on like a phonograph. Right, yeah. Like, so, so the message oh. is to me that seniors like ass to... You know what? I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> After that many years of prison. <laughs> dude, that can't dude, imagine that what dude, we listen to. Right? That dude, mm-hmm. though, when he first appeared in the opening scene, like, I know that they drew attention to him, but even out before they like had the music swell and everything, I was like, they, they made him look like the quintessential Scooby villain. That's uh, the way his hair was and oh, everything. Oh, yeah. Like. Total. I mean, yeah, because he was the first Scooby-Doo villain in the cartoon. That's what I thought. That's what I said. I was like, oh, it's the first guy. But I wasn't sure because I was like, I don't want to assume just any old, like, creepy white guy is just a Scooby villain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you wouldn't be wrong, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, A lot of creepy white guys. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah, No, I think it's... For both of them, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Alicia Silverstone, let's not forget her little... I know we mentioned her earlier, but still, that was a weird thing seeing her in this movie. Oh, yeah. And so two questions I had for that were, yeah. is there a real reporter that's locked in a basement somewhere that no one thought to look for? Yeah. So the only thing they said about that was that he he crafted the identity okay. of, yeah. of her. Gotcha. So like you would think that it would be another rehash of like the Mondavarius situation. Yeah where yeah they're like locked in a cellar somewhere but within the years and not even like because the the museum itself has been under construction for just a couple of years and he didn't craft that identity because like uh jacobo was still was like in a picture when the museum was under construction That's right. so he hadn't taken on that so within like maybe a year or two he crafted the identity of a reporter and went so far up the the food chain that she had her own show yeah on like on TV like hosted by herself as a reporter that sounds which like is so much work the the right to, to me personally the worst journalist name i've ever heard as far as like a tv personality heather jasper howe yeah, yeah. It's a bit much. And uh, so the second thing I had about that was like, I love how they punctuated her, the, her whole character arc with like just a tiny shade of homophobia. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Cause, cause yeah. When, when Ned, Ned was like, but we cuddled. I was like, why was that joke in there? I mean, whatever. It was the early 2000s and stuff, but it was like so random, like just out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah I mean, there were, 
Because <laughs> there were even like little jokes at the end, of, like when he was being dragged away and talking to Wickles, and they were talking about like, you know, how he made a a better Eliza and and my fair lady. And I oh. felt like, I feel like, I feel like today, like I interpret that joke as just totally earnest and sincere. Like, yeah, yeah of course. Like, I don't, there's no issues at all. Like it's, it's not weird or silly or whatever for like people to play any role of, of, you know, like, especially in the context of you're in jail, who else is going to play that role? Yeah. But like, I feel like at the time it was like, haha, get it. Like men playing a female character. Isn't that the funny joke? And I'm like, all right, sure. It's a little foreshadowing for like the cross dressing. Yeah. Kind of get, I didn't put that together. Oh, that's an interesting observation. Yeah, I was gonna say, wow, nailed that one. They're they're just like, yeah, he used to like to dress up. Oh, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, now, please explain to me the relevance of the tater tots. Tater tots? Oh yeah, you said you were getting puffy. Because the only thing I got from that is it was 2004. Napoleon Dynamite also came out that year, uh, and I guess tater tots were funny to people. You know, that's not a lie because I'm trying to word this in a way that's not completely disgusting. Um, it was also a way to insult someone, at least in the region that I was in college in. Actually, you were in, yeah. in college in a similar region. Uh, not this time, but like at the time I was in college, um, to insult someone who had odd-looking personal parts in the group showers. Really? Oh, tater tots? So you'd be like, oh, tater tot. Really? I've never heard that. That's interesting. I hadn't heard it outside of it or before it or since it, but <laughs> that, that time period, it, I'm connecting it now, it was that it was like between 2002 and 2004 that I remember That's hearing that. That's fascinating. In the dorms. I don't know if it listeners. was more fascinating is that you remember between that time span. Well, because I was in college. <laughs> but they, like, yeah. that the term tater tot meant this one thing. I, a lot I, of specifics. Yeah. I thought it was just within our dorm, but if it happened in the movies and the, in you know Napoleon Dynamite and Scooby Doo and stuff, yeah, I wonder if there was some yeah. sort so of tied to all of it. Please, because, listeners, please write in, write, write in some tweets if you've heard that. In fact, go on iTunes, leave us a review about Tater Tots, <laughs> and if and if you've heard that specific thing before, I'm sure iTunes won't flag that as weird at all. That's right. And for me, please make a playlist of things that also mean Tater Tots. <laughs> yes. Of songs that you think are the tatery, <laughs> the, <laughs> the most tater tottery. Yes. Whatever, it's an adjective. Whatever I heard said it. there. For the songs, though, in both movies, but especially the second one, I remember telling Vince, like, I actually want the soundtrack. Like, it's so quintessentially, yeah. like, 90s, even though it's 2000s. There's a lot of great music on the soundtrack. Like, there's yeah, that it's so pop weird. punk, but also that really, like, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, like, stereotypical, like, yeah. uh, 90s diva, you know? With, like, the little, like, yeah. Bon Jovi. Yeah, Bon Jovi. Well, Bon Jovi was a little bit of an outlier in this one. <laughs> but the rest of it, you know, having those little like uh, chromatic like lasers, like ding 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 ding. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. And then even like yeah, the, the music's classics, so interesting. Even the classics like mm. "Thank You" and "Shining Star" were redone by like '90s star or not '90s, like early 2000s stars, like Ruben Stutter doing "Shining Star." Mm. <laughs> I just I crack up every time I remember that he's in this movie. That, yeah. has, has that happened? recently like because I, I, I remember that being a thing for a while like they would always end a movie with a big cameo or put it in a climaxing scene 
Like, uh, remember Enchanted? Yes. Oh, I never saw Enchanted, unfortunately. You haven't seen Enchanted? No. That might... I'm not saying you should watch it every day for a month, but... <laughs> that, that's, that's, uh, that's, Line uh, it up, guys. There are 11 <laughs> more months left in a year. <laughs> that, that, um, that would be funny, though, if you spent a year watching one movie every day of a month, yeah. each month. Bratz, the movie, God. the game. Yeah. Well, so, that's I would have to commit to like not doing any more YouTube stuff. Even. <laughs> that would, if that made money, then like I would be like, yeah, let's do it. It's a fun experiment. Let's try it out. But I don't, we'll see how this goes first. So, so, so in, hey, everyone, write yeah, reviews, right? please. Yeah. Um, in Enchanted, at like the key scene where like Amy Adams and the love interest, every, like everything's kind of coming together. They're at a ball, and the person singing is John McLaughlin, who people might not remember now but at the time like the music industry is really pushing to be like the next big thing you know mm. and i feel like that's it's the same like that and coyote ugly it was the calling yeah had the um what, what was that camelodia or whatever the, but what was that song that um wherever you will go where you will go something like that and then yeah and then this movie is like ruben stuttered like i don't know if they've done, done that lately but i kind of missed that because it kind of is like a nice little um like artifact you know of the time art i like yeah. that yeah. because i literally forgot about ruben stutter's existence but like it, <laughs> his whole career is encapsulated in the scooby-doo 2 movie right and then when that's he, the pinnacle he appeared yeah. on screen it created a world for me around the movie because suddenly like the time period came back yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. And like I, I mentioned earlier, like you could absolutely say that that final scene isn't canon because like, you, you know, it's, I keep forgetting to mention that like that final dance number and this the unmasking scene before did a thing that is so bizarre. But like, I guess they wanted to wrap up the movie nice and neatly. But like literally everyone from the movie showed up oh, like was- you can look yeah, when the crowd arrives at the unmasking <laughs> scene, it's all the same people from the the museum opening. Like it's literally I, like Daphne's fans and like Velma's fans. They're all the same. I'd, I'd said that when the movie ended, I was like, Vince, where did all these people come from? They just showed up real fast. Because how would they know that they were wrapping up like this big battle? I guess they're well, super the- fans, but. And like, and that's the, the same thing happened at the beginning of the first movie. Like after they caught the Luna ghost, was it Pamela Anderson crashed in with the, Oh, because she was the one that hired them. So that kind of made a little sense. It didn't didn't explain why she had the van. Yeah. Right. So that part makes sense. But then after she crashed in, all of the fans also came running in to get signatures from Fred and everything. It's like, why were you there? And how did you know? Like, how did you know it was over? Did you even know it was over? Or did you just follow the crashing van in? And we're like, well, let's see what happens. See, that's part of James Gunn's like humor that I love. Cause it's a, it's a trope. So it's not unique to him, but I feel like he embraced it like way more in these movies. Like yeah. in, like in a lot of movies, not just that time period. Like, you know, there's this big grand finale that gives you this feeling of like completion and everything's nice and wrapped up and mm. stuff. It makes you forget about yeah. loose ends, yeah. like who else was missing and stuff. And <laughs> but this one, it was like, it was, yeah, it was like very clear. It wasn't just like an ambiguous crowd. It was like very specific people and groups of people yes. that you'd seen before with no reason to be in that yeah. place or even know that anything was even possibly happening, let alone be there right exactly on time. <laughs> well, it's, I've heard this before in terms of storytelling and it's this idea that like 
uh, stories. I don't want to use the term good because that's subjective, but mm-hmm. like this is how I heard the phrase anyway. So take it with a grain of salt or whatever. But quote unquote good stories have a little bit of the beginning at the end and a little bit of the end at the beginning. Yeah, the so like the bride. fact, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. So it's like kind of bookending the the movie with interesting ideas, and then like yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I feel like that's kind of the same vibe that he was kind of going for. Although I guess it, it's also kind of like could be argumented that um, I'm forgetting the uh, exact terminology and I you'd be able to tell me if I'm right or wrong. Is it the unreliable narrator? Is that the, what for, it's called? I don't, for like, there, uh, it depends the, on what you're talking about. Well, there's like a mechanism in, in filmmaking. It's like an unreliable narrator or something to that effect. Like I, I, I want to say like some of my favorite movies and stories are through that lens because it's yeah. not necessarily exactly what happened, but it's what felt like happened. Yeah. Oh, I get you. You know, like, um, yeah. so maybe maybe the guy didn't completely get the girl, but they went on, you know, maybe in real life they talked and started something that may or may not have went somewhere. But in the movie, they kissed, fireworks set off, you know, like, oh, sure. like everything. And so, like, in this, maybe this is thinking too deep about Scooby-Doo, but, like, <laughs> maybe... No such thing. Yeah, maybe this lens everything wrapped up like this, like the crowds were there to cheer them on, even though five minutes ago they were literally like, like uh, picketing their house, you know? Yeah. I guess maybe that could explain why they were there. They were picketing their place. And then the mob was just like, Hey, go over here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they were, they were picketing uh, mystery incorporates headquarters, but then the ghost showed up. So they all scattered and they're just like, where else are we going to (laughs) go? Where there are more ghosts. Let's go to the source. Let's wait outside this building now. That'd be a funny movie if uh, a movie about like how the mob actually figures out the mysteries before (laughs) the protagonist. Yes, it's going to be Lion King one and a half style where it's just the exact same. It's just the same Scooby-Doo movies, but told from the perspective of the audience, the the crowd, the fans. Scott, I think you found your next YouTube channel. (laughs) Which is what? (laughs) Making those movies. I have to make them. I have to hire the same actors. Or else it's not going to make sense. They're probably still looking for work. (laughs) Okay, so no joke, though. One of the actors who plays one of the two fans of Daphne with the tattoo on their Uh chest is... I love him, and he's popped up in a ton of stuff that I watch. Okay. Um, And I wish I I I could remember his name, and I feel so bad that I don't that I'm going to Google it right now. (laughs) Um, But he's great. He's – if anyone will go back and watch it with me, (laughs) the movie again, um, he's the one on the right – Okay. Uh, as as Daphne's facing them, and he's great, and I love him, and he was in a show that I really like called Eureka. Um, his name is Chris. Gal- it's probably like French or something. Chris Gaudier. Gaudier. Okay. Uh, but he's I love him, and he's great, and I would love to chat with him about his role in this movie. If anyone knows uh, how to get in contact with him, I would love to see what it was like. I wonder if he's, wonder like. if he's still out here. He's, he's an A in my book for creepiest dude I've ever seen. Really? I know. Brother. He sold that role, and I... I they oh, killed they, that, yeah. Oh, that scene. Like, we got them for you. Well, their eyes, they... yeah. The eyes and like how wide open their mouths were when they're like, ah. exactly. They play creepy really well. 
I love it. Well, my ultimate goal, I don't know if you guys know this. I think I forgot to mention it on a couple podcasts. My ultimate goal of the series is to get somebody, anybody who worked on this movie in any capacity to come on and talk about their experience and talk about the movie with me. It doesn't have to be an actor. I would love to talk with an actor, but it could be literally anyone uh, (laughs) in any field, in any department. Um, who had any hand in this movie whatsoever, I want to talk to you. <laughs> Please. Hmm. Need to do some legwork on that. Yeah, there might yeah. be. Uh... Oh, hey, your dude was also in Watchmen? Chris Cole? Oh, KL yeah, too. he was the guy at the end of uh, at the end of Watchmen who spilled the uh, like the, the sauce or something on his shirt that like made the smiley face with the thing on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so hey, was his oh, name he, like Seymour or something? He's yeah. a, and he has, he's, a, he's a Brit, too. Is he really? It says, it says he's from uh, I can't Bedfordshire. Somebody's gonna sure correct me on that. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I was um, just seeing if yeah, he was a, great. Uh, I was seeing if he was he was an Angelonian or not. But I don't know. Not a lot of credits here, yeah. or not a lot of information. I mean, not credits. Oh yeah, he's in, he's been in a lot, but nothing. I don't think he's ever been a main actor in anything. Sorry if this is like turning into like us IMD being this one extra. <laughs> <laughs> but this is how far this podcast goes sometimes, audience. That's right. Uh, is- speaking of which, we've been talking for over ninety minutes, which is longer. Th- <laughs> it's longer than the movie itself. I want to point that out. Um. I'm I'm fine continuing, but I just wanted to make sure you guys knew that there was no. Uh, we're not like I'm not forcing you to stay here for three hours and talk no, about we're, this. No, we're great. We just saw it, so we're in that prime spot where you're. We were like, you know, when you walk out of the movie theater, you're like, so <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Sandwiches, uh, right? <laughs> Actually, it's funny because it the timing worked out, but we also kind of purposely were like, oh, the timing would work out. We could just watch the first movie the night before, and then a couple, you know, like the the couple hours before doing this, we go time out and watch the other one. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I and it was worth it. Yeah, and it worked perfectly. <laughs> Why I is love it. This, I'm, I'm look, looking I, up this director to I, see what else he's done. Big the, Mama's oh, this, house. the director of Scooby Doo Two. Yeah, Monsters Unleashed. Oh, and both the Smurfs movies. The uh, I want to this. It's all making sense. Oh yeah. <laughs> Show dogs. Another big thing for me was all the uh, like the the motorcycle and the cars and, and the technology in the cars, especially in the mystery van. Yeah, uh, I wanted to get next time I watch it because there will be a next time. Uh, Yay! Uh, there will be for me. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want to take a closer look to to what is in the mystery van and if you can identify any oh, they sort put some of tech, Easter eggs or something. Yeah, that's in there. Like, mm. there's one point where you sh- they shoot the camera through the van up to the front seat where Scooby's supposed to be staring, but he's not. He's just saying hello. Mm-hmm. And you see like, <laughs> you see like the, the stereo has like a monitor and stuff. So it's like, okay, so they got like some modern stuff in there, but I really wanted to see the rest of the technology. Yeah, and this all dawned on me while I was like getting really angry at the pterodactyl ghost for ripping up the mystery machine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man. I see where your priorities are. I know. The van's the badass. Yeah. Oh my God. Can you? I would love to own one in real life. Oh, like definitely. People always bring them to stuff like conventions and whatnot, so you can take pictures with them. And I'm like, I want to be the guy that does that. I want to be the guy that owns a real life mystery machine and just takes it around so people can like. And like, I I don't know. I I've always been the kind of person that that 
if I did own one, I, I wouldn't be too like guarded about it. Like right. a lot of people will be like, you can take a picture with it, but I'd be like, no, come on inside, sit down, like relax, take selfie, do whatever. Like, you know, like I would want people to experience it. I think I'd be uh, the same way. I think, I think if I had the mystery van, I would go to these conventions just like the other people do. And ask yeah. people to jump in, take pictures, like tell jump stories in. about the movies. Like be that guy at the the crazy tours that like knows way too many, like read oh, the entire yeah. guide and knows every detail about the movies. Oh yeah, you'll like you'll be in there. Like you're talking about all the gear in there. Like you could be the guy who's just pointing it out, be like, yeah. So this is like a radio that they use to like sweep for frequencies and <laughs> blah blah blah. And like, oh, you see, right back here is where uh, you know Shaggy and Scooby have a secret snack compartment right down in this little exactly. section here. Like that would make that would be so fun. See, I would love to be that guy. That'd be so <sighs> fun. And. I mean the 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 car guy in me too loves the fact that every time the mystery machine like flies by in a scene you really hear like that like blah blah the, the like the big V8 engine in the van yeah. like they made it seem like the A team van. Oh yeah. And I, that it made me think of the A team. It's so good. But of course I mean in addition I also need the Hummer the the stretch Hummer oh, yeah, right. zoom Definitely. thing in in the color uh, scheme of the mystery machine yeah yes please strawberry <laughs> strawberry milkshake from KFC yeah right from KFC of course and a you driver, have to pick up yeah and a driver that doesn't mind it in the face every once in a while <laughs> consider it a privilege sir <laughs> I, I had a little bit of ADD here while I was uh, IMD being something else and I looked yeah. up the 10,000 Fault monster thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That guy has actually done a lot of work, and Vince is going to be excited about this. He Ooh. was a he was a voice in Bleach. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, D. Bradley. Well, this this <gasps> has this D. Has, Bradley Baker. Yeah. This has him credited as Terrence Stone. Terrence Stone. Oh really? Okay. It it could have been because I wasn't too sure watching the. Uh, it also credits. has him as the voice of many char- like uh, in World of Warcraft games and Hearthstone. Yeah, I mean, one of the, I, that's probably wow. one of the biggest interests I've taken over the last couple of years watching a lot of uh, animated films is, is these these voice actors, man. They they bring they bring to life some of my favorite characters on earth and he was also an extra in Lesbian Vampire Killers. See, and you know, <laughs> setting the bar there. Right, exactly. You have nowhere else to go but like SpongeBob. Down. That's <laughs> you, oh, he SpongeBob. Was in, he was then, in Naruto. And then that's the top. There it is. You're right. Oh, he was he was Eddie Brock in the Ultimate Spider-Man video game. Yeah. In these guys love. These guys bring these characters to life, and it's just I so love interesting. It. He's also a stunt. That's man? so fun. Is that right? Interesting. What? Oh, he was he was a stunt guy, and this can't be the same person. <laughs> I think the IMDb I things are well. It says he was a stunt man in a movie in 1988 called The Alamo: The Price of Freedom. Maybe, man. <laughs> you're you're further down a rabbit hole than I feel like you need to be. <laughs> yeah, I, right. Pull it in, man. Reel it back in here, Rod. Okay, now I'm on the IMDb of the voice of the guy that was the uh, smart Scooby. Oh yeah, the. Uh, <laughs> oh, I loved him, Alfred. Like, yeah, JP Professor Scooby, Scooby sort of Stein. Thing. Yeah, like actually, that scene was actually really funny. I like that. Whole... I liked that scene a lot. Everything worked I, out so well there, like yeah. everything else. But still, that that one was a little too convenient. Yeah, uh, it, it was. It was yeah, it, like a nice little ribbon was tied on that. Exactly. Yeah. 
and, and not the ribbon like these little threads of storyline from beginning to end and to beginning. I mean, this was like pure like Britney Spears. Yeah, action. it was like a self-contained kind of a moment where it was like a little little extra bit of like yeah, a scene that that stood by itself exactly. and like had a complete arc kind of in there, which was very fun. Yeah, yeah. they did. I'm seeing all the other Scooby Doo movies though, or after this, that were a whole different cast. Oh, the live, a- the other live action ones. Yeah, like this one, the mystery begins. Yep. Okay, so Velma in that movie is a yes. YouTuber named Haley Kiyoko, who is now like an international oh, really? pop star. Well, fantastic. Oh, shit. What a weird thing. So we we were actually at Haley's album release party oh, a few that months ago. Girl, oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, I didn't know she I, like it. I mean, I'm sure she made a great Velma Ranger. Dude, no. that's all no, I would have asked another, her about. <laughs> yeah, right. So, Haley, well, she she was a uh, so that's the thing. She had a her album release party at YouTube because she started as a YouTuber, yeah. but now she's like a yeah. she charted I think like in the top like top ten on Billboard when their album debuted. Mm-hmm. So she had like Kehlani on there and stuff. So she's like so like in the stratosphere now as far as those pop stars go. So like, but there there was no you know, meeting or anything like that. I'm but, glad that, you know, mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo is the thing that really shot her career forward. That, that, right. that is so <laughs> random, though. Like, I'm, like, looking, like, wait, Haley Kiyoko was Velma? Why? Like, they literally picked some of, like, I mean, not that, uh, there's so many things processing right now. Like, if Velma's yeah. supposed to be, like, this, you know, geeky, nerdy girl that's not necessarily traditionally physically attractive. Right. She's always been portrayed by a traditionally physically attractive girl. <laughs> yeah. Well appreciated. Well appreciated. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting, though. It's like, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's a, yeah, huh. it is. It is interesting for sure. Well, okay, that's a whole yeah. other podcast of that movie, <laughs> right? I'm just glad that you know she's not like the, the there's the stigma out there that if hot girls put on glasses, they think they're nerdy. <laughs> well, I'm glad that this is an opposite occasion here. You know, she yeah. she's already nerdy. Well, and she just so happens yeah. to be hot. I, I for, yeah. forget like that's a nice thing. Did, I like that. Did she's all that come out? I think that came out before this, right? So, I, I want to say maybe part of the whole thing of Elma being like the way she was cast uh, was following Freddie Prince Jr. and like the movies he was in. Yeah, like he's always got to be the guy to take the glasses off the girl, even though he didn't do that in Scooby movies. <laughs> Like he's in a movie with like they're like oh we take the glasses off oh my god I didn't know you're so beautiful oh, she's so pretty <laughs> you, take, you take the glasses off and suddenly she has a beehive and a cat suit right <laughs> yeah and sweater for tits <laughs> sorry <laughs> had to say oh man it, it was funny. <laughs> oh boy but I don't know I oh. where I is think, this going I think I genuinely like yeah. had a good time watching the movie I wasn't I wasn't like as oh. disappointed as I imagine I will be with Venom I like this direction. Yeah, man. I I oh, like. The, I'm glad you guys liked this movie. Uh, I because I really enjoy it. Obviously, if I hated it, I wouldn't be doing that. It, I wouldn't it be was, doing this. It was better than a lot of movies th- that yeah. people think are awesome. Per- period. No, you know what? Hard hard stop right there. <laughs> it's, it's better, better than, than a lot of movies. Of movies. What a great. <laughs> I enjoyed great watching this more than a lot of other movies. Well, yeah. I think I'll yeah. fir- I think I'll firmly say I think objectively and subjectively it was better than the first one yeah yes in production Agreed. and like and the cohesive the cohesiveness i don't even know why i threw that in there right. what relative cohesiveness i don't know i like yeah. how they I what like a how good they, term <laughs> relative cohesiveness 
it's a real notch on the belt every right. time they jump the shark again <laughs> yeah. and again. Yeah. But it knew what it was. Yes. And then suddenly Guardians of the Galaxy makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it made sense, but now, now, now we understand when... With the context of Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed, I think we've unlocked a whole new way to analyze and watch Guardians of the Galaxy. I agree. For sure. I'm trying to think if there's anything missing from the cartoons, like really like loud things that were in the cartoon that they should have added to, the, to these movies. I feel like yeah. they hit a lot of the great ones, like stopping in the middle of the air and then like scooting, scooting along. Well, there is moved, one. They all move together. Where they all move there, together. Yes, there, there's that. There is one thing that I think is iconic Scooby-Doo that neither of the live-action movies did, which are the hallway chase scenes where they're all going through the different oh, doors. Yeah. That would have been hilarious. It would have worked in yeah. the Santa movie. Oh, my God, yeah. It would have worked, yeah, because they were at, at Wickle's mansion. I'm like, what a great place to do the hallway chase scene in with the Black Knight ghost. But Absolutely. no, they just didn't do but it. But also, everybody yeah. in that in the gang were the way they were cast. It would have been completely believable that they all just be like completely like oblivious to like yeah. that, and then Scooby running into himself or something. Mm. Yeah. Oh, huh. totally. That's like that's the one kind of visual joke that I feel like. They could have done that. Would have been in, great in these movies, or if they like, if they had a running scene and the uh, backdrop like loops. <laughs> oh yeah, that's been, true. Well, that I did notice cool. that in the in the scene that we talked about earlier, where Scooby is running, like he's diving in slow motion as the mm-hmm. pterodactyl ghost is chasing. They add in as he's like trying to paddle forward. They add in the classic sound effect of like. Oh yeah. And I just thought that was so, such a good touch. Yeah, like, absolutely. so you, there are like small moments where you can tell that like people actually kind of cared about these little touches, but it's, I don't know. It's weird. Overall, it feels like they just didn't really want to take Scooby-Doo that seriously. Yeah. Not that you need to take it dark and serious or anything, well, but like earnest, they didn't want to take Scooby-Doo earnestly and yeah. genuinely, you know? Well, I, it was, it was a really self-aware movie and like the, there was one point I actually spit out my food. I was eating pizza while we were watching this. <laughs> I spit out my yeah. food when uh, old man, uh, like turned back and he's like, those bushes are yelling at me again. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> that, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> There's so many levels. Just little to that. nods, like, oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, it's it's like, that. And then I noticed watching the first movie again, there was a bit where, where, like, I can't even remember what was said, but Fred said something to Scooby, and Scooby looked directly into the camera and, like, did a little chuckle and smile. And, like, oh, that's, yeah. that's totally something Scooby would do in the cartoons, because uh-huh. especially when it, it had a laugh track back in those early days. Oh, I forgot about but that. Like, but, like, yeah, it's. It's for this movie. It felt weird and kind of off to Mm. have everything stop for Scooby to stare at the camera and be like, Oh, it was something about how I think they said like Scooby was licking his balls at like Don Knotts Christmas. Yeah, it's such a weird, who is this movie for? Are the kids going to know who Don Don Knotts is? Yeah. And there, and, but that's what's the time period again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you're at Don Knotts' party. Also, there are enough celebrities to be that. Wow. And Don Knotts yeah. is like from way back. But That's so when the movie came out, I think he was still alive. You know what? I, I want to throw this out there for people who don't know who Don Knotts is and want to like check him out. 
uh, the ghost in Mr. Chick and Mr. Chicken is like one of the most best uh, Don Knotts movies to my <laughs> to my knowledge. Ooh, yeah, and it's very Scooby Doo like. You know, <laughs> I was like, gonna say it sounds like it has ghosts in it. It does. Yeah, <laughs> the ghost and Mr. Chicken, and guess who oh. Mr. Chicken is? Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Scooby Doo. Yeah, I had a dog. This is another weird story. I had a dog that we called Don Knotts because every time a loud noise would happen or like somebody would shut the door, the dog would freak out and run away. Oh, yeah, like oh! When <laughs> you hear that sound, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I loved all the sound effects in the in the yeah. whole in both movies. Like they just didn't shy away from that at all. Uh, yeah, they really hit yeah, the totally. mark. Yeah, totally. With pulling a lot of the from the cartoon, a lot of from the source material. One thing I would have liked to see in one of maybe not those two movies, but in if they were to do more movies with that universe and that cast would be uh, something in, like, the time period of, like, when the Mystery Inc. was in, like, its heyday. Because these were all, like, actual monsters. I know we saw a touch of it in the first movie where they unmasked someone who was, like, I guess in the second movie, too. But, I mean, I I would like to see a movie where, like, it was totally a hoax, you know? Mm. Like the cartoon was. I agree. I think... Yeah, I, I at least like the second one better because there was like a, an actual like person to unmask. The first mm. movie, it, there was less of an unmasking and more of just like a figuring it, figuring out that it was right. scrappy. Because like they unmasked Mondavarius, but it was just a robot underneath. Yeah, well, I mean, um, like in the beginning when yeah. they unmasked the fir- the Luna Ghost or whatever. Yes, that, that was, was like cool, a- and I love. That's my favorite part of that whole movie, and I would love a whole. Yeah, I agree. I would love a whole like film that's like that. Actually, that would be an interesting prequel is if they do the movie preceding that event. Mm. Well, that, that the, ends... they already did prequels. It's called The Mystery Begins with that YouTube person you were ta- oh, saying about. That, that actually is prefacing? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, it, but it's it, it's not directly. It's it's oh. them. It's them as you know how you know how this movie flashback to them as kids yeah, growing yeah, yeah. up. The Mystery Begins is how they all met. Oh, gotcha. so, yeah. Okay. So wow, they really do these these movies in reverse, <laughs> yeah, right? It's like it's a theme with this franchise. The next one is just jockage in somebody's pants. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how the movie starts. The fourth one. That's how it works. <laughs> no, but I, I yeah, I would want to see like the actual Luna Ghost caper. Yeah. And then like well, yeah. it, it like it it's showing like Pamela Anderson being like, guys, I want to hire you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, lady. I would love that. <laughs> and it would be even funnier if, if at that time they're the dry cartoon versions. You oh, know? yeah. Because, you know, in the cartoons, they they had character traits, but I wouldn't necessarily say personalities. Yeah. You know, and in the movies, they had, like, yeah, one-dimensional, they, they but they were, had personalities. Yeah, the original, original cartoons, they were mostly just tropes. Yeah. That they were just like, all right, what do we need? We need, like the smart one and we need the leader and we need the pretty one, you know, like and yeah. we need the comic relief one. And like, but it was only after the characters got more screen time and got more cartoons that they all started developing their own unique personalities. And I love the modern uh, interpretations and incarnations of Scooby-Doo where everyone is so not everyone Shaggy and Scooby are still pretty much the same as they've always been. Mm-hmm. Velma has gotten a little bit more depth to her personality. Fred is totally, you know, he went from being like the, the straight man leader character to being kind of like the dumb one, but 
super obsessed with traps and trap making, which I think is interesting. And yeah. Daphne is the real leader of the group, but she just pretends to let Fred be in charge. Cause she knows it, it helps him with his ego. Yeah. And I, yeah, I love, I love the modern Scooby-Doo stuff. Yeah. They, they all, all that. fit. They, they didn't seem like out of place from the characters I knew. It's just that yeah. like the characters I knew, I just, I maybe mean, it was also the way they drew them. They all had like the dot eyes, you know, like the beady eyes that didn't say much, you know? So they, yeah. there was all these kind of blank stares, and like the ghost must be in there, and then Shaggy and Scooby would go crazy and do something. Zoinks! Yeah. <laughs> like Zoinks, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no. It's me, Scoob. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's was better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm running this podcast to get compliments on my Shaggy impression. Yeah. That's all it is. There you go. Uh, I was guys. Say, uh, I real quick no, though. I, Right, yes, so the yes. throw out there mashups. Who would be the who, who would be the best mashup with the gang? Uh, Scooby Doo and uh, Stranger Things. Oh, Ooh. I see. Oh, I like that. Scooby Doo Stranger Things. That's kind of fun. Like that's the, feasible. The gang gets up with the sheriff, and they have to solve like the next whatever puzzle with eleven or whatever. Yeah, I feel like oh, that'd man. be a crazy mashup. I don't know. Then, I just thought it'd be, be a fun. Then they un- fun little thing to throw out there to the audience as well. Like throw in some of your favorite mashups. Then they unmask the Dermagorgon. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually they, uh, they try to, the but it's a, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, they unmask the Demogorgon and it's Barb. Barb. Oh, that's yeah. how. That's how we already wrote it. <laughs> That's, that's what it. it. That's the series. That's what it is. Oh, that's the series. Shit. There's no better Dude, possible outcome. Netflix is, of course, listening to this. That's so right. we're gonna see yep. this next. We, we timestamp this. <laughs> that's right. We created it. Oh my god. Uh, I feel like we should wrap up. We're approaching two hours. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now you can end it, Scott. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for recording. By far the longest episode of this podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. We're, you're welcome, and we're I sorry. Ap- <laughs> no, I appreciate it. We touched on a lot of new ground, which I appreciate because I feel like there's, you know, and I said this at the beginning of this whole series that I would probably repeat a bunch of stuff because it's one movie that I'm seeing a lot. But yeah. with you guys, we went all over the place in a lot of cool new directions. Sweet. And I appreciate that. So awesome. thank you so much. Uh, if people want to hear more of you and your thoughts and your music, perhaps, where can they find that on the Internet? Uh, all our music you can find on all the regular digital music places like Apple Music and Spotify's, and I, I don't even I can't keep track. Somebody mentioned something about another radio station in Tesla's that we're not on, but Slacker like, huh. stuff like that. And then except for Slacker, and then for our other stuff, uh, the big best place is to see us on YouTube. So if you just search RKVC on YouTube, mm-hmm. you'll find us there, and uh, we have many dumb videos there. Yeah, we do. I S- love them. Scott, and- yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for having us. This is yeah. this is an honor yeah. to be on, on your oh, podcast. Absolutely, it, it's been so fun, and I enjoy chatting with you guys so much. And if you want, if you listener want to see something or some things that we did together on YouTube involving music and classic cartoons that people enjoy, uh, we've done multiple videos about uh ducktales and like the ducktales theme song and what makes mm-hmm. that so cool and we also did one fairly recently about the x-men animated series theme song and what makes that really cool where we interviewed uh ron wasserman who's the composer yeah. and uh and then we also had him to we all sat down and watched some like covers of of the theme song with him and just chatted and had a grand old time yeah a lot of fun and we have some power ranger stuff coming up 
And we have some Power Rangers stuff yeah. coming it's up. It's already filmed. We just have to organize it. <laughs> yes, true. There's a lot and of And I footage. know that some people have already asked us to do Scooby-Doo stuff at, at yeah. some point in the oh. future. So I wouldn't argue with it. you got to research the uh, people behind it. True. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd love to interview people yeah, again. And get you, but, yeah, get you some connects. And Scott, hopefully by the time you're done this thing, the last podcast isn't like, I already know that. No, I, no. Yeah, <laughs> no the last podcast is all of us showing up at his apartment victoriously. Yeah. with the gang that's right that's how, that's how the movie ends that's how real life ends as told by james gunn that's what, what would your reaction be though if we showed up with the original cast of oh my god i would love it are you kidding me that would be see now i'm expecting it i'm disappointed if anything else happens and then we un- set this expectation then we unmask sparta and like old man jenkins yeah <laughs> I knew it. I think we're only like two, two. Uh, what do they call that? Separations uh, from James Gunn. We'll be, oh probably. man! Probably. I, I mean, think we are. In LA's a small, big town. That's true. So. I don't know if he'd want to do interviews at the moment, but I don't know about anything. It'd be hilarious to talk, especially to talk about this movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god! I we would love to. We want to talk to you about a movie. I don't want to talk about Guardians. No, Scooby Doo Two. He's Monsters like, Unleashed. He's like pleasure. <laughs> You you mean Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, right? Like no no no, no. Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. Right. <laughs> yes, please. With no an Diesel. With an appendix question: Why Voodoo Guy? <laughs> <laughs> and was the horse a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're gonna ask all these questions once we get once we definitively get James Gunn on this podcast. Right. Oh no, I've set the expectation. Um, cool. cool. <laughs> but anyway. The, yeah. Yeah. This is the well, I was just going to wrap ever. it up here. I know it is, but guys, I just want to say really th- uh, a huge thank you to everyone who's been listening. Uh, we were thousands of downloads in after the first week, which really? is awesome. awesome. Um, yes. I really appreciate all of you guys for sticking through it. Um, please give me comments and feedback, honest uh, feedback and, and criticism to how we can make these shows more interesting. It's been a week and I know that I'm, <laughs> I'm sure a bunch of you guys are already sick of me bringing up the same things to different people in every episode, but like, um, and if you're not, then that's cool. If you are, then, you know, let me know either way. Because if you guys are, like, hating this as every episode continues, then, like, maybe it's not worth my time to lose my mind. But for everyone who has left a, a review on iTunes, I really appreciate it. I think in a future video, I'm going to read off some of your reviews. Um, and just as a fun little thing that we'll do. Uh, so write them on iTunes. I think that's the only place you can review stuff where where the podcast is currently. Um, but yeah, I just really appreciate it. You guys are great. Um, if you want more of me and my face in ramblings, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Nicewander. Let me know if you're also doing this challenge. Let me know what you want to talk about um, or any observations that you've made. And I would love to bring it up on the show. I'm really only doing this as long as I see that people are listening to it. If... <laughs> If the iTunes downloads or wherever drop off and like five people are downloading new episodes, then I'm going to stop. But so far we've got a couple thousand people and that that's very promising to me. So awesome. thank you all so much. Um, Rod, Vince, would you like to join me in doing a grand old Scooby Dooby Doo as we, as, as a way to end this podcast? Oh yeah. I've been waiting 36 years for this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Scooby Dooby Doo. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo.